Welcome to the Go Big Redcast, the Husker Fan Sports Show. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast, Matt's Rule Edition. Matt's Rule. Matt's Rule. That's it. It's yeah. it. it's the Matt's. Yeah. It's you and me. We've, we did it. We did it. We finally got rid of the other guys. Five years. <laughs> took us five years to do a show ourselves. No, the Matt's. Uh, First I had to play like, I'm not doing this anymore. And I kind of do a fade out on it. <laughs> no, well, I think we, we needed a head coach named Matt Rule to come well, in to allow us to do Matt's Rule. But, perfectly. But I am Matt. I'm, I'm honky. Yeah. Matt Honky and I'm Matt McGuire. Hey, how are you doing together? We're the Mats. We're the Mats. Well, that came out even less cheesy than I thought it was going to. Everything I was hoping it would be. <laughs> um, it's also the off season, right. and we're kicking off this this initial this this first show, this first right. spinoff of Matt's Rule. We're kicking off the off season at the same time. And who is better? Who's the who's the off season hype guy? You know, I mean, to match the energy, the king, positivity, the king of Kool Aid. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I mean the, the master mixer, the official Nebraska hype man. That's right. I mean, my goodness, you talking about Dave? I'm Dave here from Husk Guys, buddy. I'm here, oh, hey, buddy. I'm here and I'm All ready. Right. I'm fired up. I cannot believe I'm the first guest on the show. I, I I've been listening for years and I am honored <laughs> to be here. First time caller or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is awesome. And yeah. You know, one of the things that uh, really what what the Matt's rules all about is is Matt and I have been talking Husker football together since 1989. I mean, you go back to that, right? right? I yeah. mean, we're getting the the in the off season, we're getting the preseason magazines, Athlon and yes. Street and Smith and Lindy's, and you'd go down the whole it, list, right? It was all in print. Oh my then. god, we'd write out the the starting lineups and paper and talk about well, them, and break them down. You and, did that a lot. I, I, I was, but I looked at them all I'm like this is amazing. <laughs> and then he would staple them <laughs> yeah. so he could flip over to the second team and who that might be there. <laughs> yeah, you get the height, the weight, the the town that they're from. All you know, you write it all down. And uh, oh, but what it is is what what Matt's rule is it's it's football. I mean, this is a football discussion at the end of the day. We love everything that's going on in Husker athletics right now. That's what the Redcast is for. There's yep. a lot of great podcast radio shows out there that will talk about them all. We're excited about the basketball win against Creighton. We're excited about it. volleyball in two days. We're excited about what women's basketball did Go against Maryland. Them. All those things. We love it. We're 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 high on the future of Husker athletics. That's not what this is. No, we're not going to talk about that. And there's no better reason to have Dave from Husky Zone, yeah. too. This is a football conversation, Husker football through and through. Yeah. Probably not a lot of analytics. Probably not yeah. a lot. I'm not a big analytics guy. I'm not <laughs> no. a big bet guy. Qualitative. All qualitative. Yeah. This is this is Shoot true. from the hip, hip kind of guy. Yes. Well, the one spot where we do a mirror with the Redcast is going to be doing is that uh, we have some wonderful sponsors that we want to talk about here. And uh, first off, it starts with Alumni Hall. Uh, they have two Lincoln locations, downtown 1120 P Street, South Point Pavilions, behind Barnes & Noble, just kind of to the south of it. I call it behind it. Rob keeps saying it's to the south. Um, but, uh, Dave, tell us about this. There's, a, there's an event coming up here. And uh, I want you to t- tell the viewers what this is. Yeah, we're, we're pumped about it. So thanks to you guys, actually, for the introduction to Alumni Hall. So I'm sure we'll get into it. We'll talk a little bit about uh, Pipeline Jerky, too. But we launched Pipeline Jerky a month ago. Uh, and the boys are, uh, are heading up to Alumni Hall to sign autographs, to take pictures from 12 to 2 uh, on Saturday at 1120 P Street. So Hunter Anthony's going to be there. Trent Hickson's going to be there. Kevin Williams is going to be there. And so is Bryce Benhart. They're going to be there for a couple hours, you know, sign pictures. Anything that you get in the store is 25% off. 
uh, and they, they'll sign anything, take any picture with you want for those two hours. And they'll also be handing out free samples of our pipeline jerky. So we're pretty pumped about it. It's a great opportunity for us. And they are uh, going to start selling pipeline jerky in their store as well. So uh, it's a great partnership oh, nice. for us. And cool. uh, yeah, we're appreciative that you guys uh, help facilitate that. All right, that's awesome. And that's the Alumni Hall at 1120 P Street downtown. Uh, they also have the South Point uh, store. I know they're trying to get people to head down there too. I'm sure they'll be able to sell pipeline jerky there. While we're talking pipeline jerky, and I got to thank you with this, Dave. Uh, uh, if you go to pipeline-jerky.com, code REDCAST officially gets you 10% oh, off. Oh, dang. Oh, yeah. Let's, let's look at it. Yeah, show the, show the back yeah, there. Let's do here. it. Let's do it, boys. Pipeline jerky, we're all in. This thing is right. taking off. Can we talk about but it to I, kick this thing off, or do you want to talk really cooler? What I love about what all of us have done here, and I, I'm talking about us with the Redcast. I'm talking about you with Husk Guys. I'm talking about a number of other people. I just saw Abby come up there on the, We're talking on about the comments. Nation. I'm talking about Husker Nation, people on Twitter. You can use your Husker fandom and your energy in two different ways. You could be a you could be a negative Nelly. Mm. All right? Yeah. Do you like no, negative Nellies? No, I'm not a big fan. Not a big negative Nelly fan. Real stick you? in the mud type. Um, but you can spend that energy being negative or Think of the positivity. Think of what you're creating here, Dave, in the NIL world. I mean, tell I actually tell the listeners that are new oh. to maybe what pipeline jerky is. Where does the proceeds go? What is the, the purpose of this? Dave, tell us where the proceeds go. <laughs> Please <laughs> do. Proceeds. Now, so look, I will I, remember. We, we've talked about this a few times, and I and we've, you know, over the years I've talked about this for a long time. You guys have known that. I've been very into NIL since it started. I just saw it as a huge opportunity for Nebraska, really to take advantage of the unbelievable fan support that this program has as a way to get back on top, right? So the opportunity to, you know, to harness and take advantage of the thousands and thousands, if not millions of fans that exist out there and, and us in particular, where we've got, you know, 70,000 followers across a number of different channels. How, how can we contribute? How can we, you know, how can we be a part of NIL to help uh, get it back on top? And so we, we threw out hundreds of ideas, you know, tons of different ideas on what, what we could do to help. Pipeline Jerky came about, my best friend from home, uh, we both went to create and prep together, Zach Lubeck. Um, their family owns a pork plant called Quality Pork International, and they create jerky. And we're like, what if we created the jerky uh, specifically for one specific position group? And so, you know, we saw the offensive line as one neglected area, not just, you know, of recruiting in general, but for NIL. Most of the deals that are coming in are coming in for quarterbacks, for wide receivers, and for running backs. Sure. And so the offensive line tends to be that neglected side of, of, of the of you know of it and it's so huge for nebraska right the pipeline goes back you know decades and decades and so um that was an area where like what if we focus here you know we partnered with the offensive line i made a point to even make this beforehand one of the things like when my mom watches she always chirps me because she's like my background is never any good i did my best but the lighting's still off so i apologize mom but we partnered with the boys so we got all 10 of them uh you know on, on the oh, 2d really? um they're outstanding they're, they're actually great you know great guys they've been huge uh, help for us they came out to the plant they tested the jerky they're the ones that helped decide the final flavors that we went with and so oh. we got two flavors we've got honey barbecue we've got peppercorn uh and we launched last month and so you know the, they get a cut of sales that's that's the entire wow. mission behind this thing is one to build up the brand for pipeline jerky so, you know, build up the brand of Nebraska so that becomes a desirable place to play, the most desirable place to play for all O-linemen in the country. So they come here, you know, we want the coaches to be wearing our shirts. We want them to be running around saying, like, this is a place where you get NIL opportunities, you get a cut of sales, you can be a part of a growing business that's taking off. And so that's really the entire mission behind it. We launched it a month ago. The response has been uh, truly unbelievable. I, I think, you know, I we very well could have launched, Could you guys could have bought a couple and my parents would have bought a couple and we could have called it a day, but... I mean, we're selling thousands, 
thousands upon thousands wow. and it's been unbelievably exciting. And so I think congratulations, uh, man. that's fantastic. You've, you've told me some of the, the numbers and I, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying them, but they're impressive. And what they're impressive is, is that Husker nation, this is a differentiator NIL. It's a differentiator that we can succeed and win at. And the, and the beauty of this is that I, we can feel free to, to hold your nose, plug it and go, Oh, I don't like this NIL world. Feel free to, to plug your nose and say, I don't like the transfer portal. I get it. I totally am. I, I can understand that. But at the end of the day, it's the rules. It's what well, the, yeah. it's what college football is today. And it's something that can set us apart, you know, and there's a historical reference to this. You go back to the nineties and in the eighties, it was strength and conditioning was the thing that set us apart. Uh, the fans, you know, Husker vision that set us apart in the nineties. We were the first ones to do that. And along the way, there were fans that plugged their nose at some of those things too. Is it, you know, should we be, you know, having all these, you know, TVs and stuff during the games and, and ads and it's taking away from the band uh, strength and conditioning? You know, this is a 365, you know, 24 seven thing a year. You know, is this what we want with college athletics? But it keeps evolving. Right. And now it's just evolved into the NIL and transfer portal world. And Dave, I applaud what you're doing here because we're winning. We are winning in that world. And it's things like pipeline jerky. It's things like the 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 new what the eighteen ninety initiative. I think it is. It's it's things like that. That the one constant that's been there in the eighties, in the nineties, in the two thousands, and two thousand tens when we were winning games, when we were losing them, is this fans, Husker Nation, well, and, showing up, supporting. And that's the thing that other fan bases. I mean, you can get the TV deals, and that can allow you to build facilities and a better stadium, and maybe sweeten the recruiting. Uh, but if, if you don't have the fans to show up to fund that NIL, and that's one thing, man, that, that we have never lost. And w- which what irritates me the most is when, when people pick a narrative that the fan base thinks and then makes fun of us and they take shots at us for Nebraska fans think like this. Nebraska fans think like that. Nebraska fans, most Nebraska fans are pretty okay. Most of them really. There's there's a Twitter bunch, but if you're taking Twitter as, as, the, as the pole of this and the pulse of how everybody feels, that's, that's wrong. There's very mm-hmm. there, there's a reason you stand out, Dave. It's because you're actually positive. You yeah. know, like you, you you stand out because you give good news and 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 you and you kind of promote a, a conversation that at least I want to see and talk about. It's not all negative all the time. I mean, you melt down sometimes on game day, but that just makes you <laughs> genuine. What a fan well, boys, no, it's but, been. I can tell you, this entire thing has been founded on just like relentless optimism. Right. It has been hard, boys. But you're, but you're it has day, been hard. Your game day meltdowns are totally justified in my mind, though. I'm like, no. If you explode with smoke now, then we got a crazy person on our hands. Now we're talking. You know, I'm like, yeah. there's an optimist and a crazy person. I'm like, no, he's just optimistic and is hoping for the best, like the rest of us. And which is cool about the NIL thing and what makes Nebraska different is our fans is our mm-hmm. fans wanting to help out. And what you're doing with the, with the beef jerky is simply trying to contribute to make what it's a sweeter place for old linemen to come. Why? Because you love the program. Could you make some money of it? Yeah, cool. But that's not the point. That's not what you're really doing it for. You want to have a finger in the pie. You want to help you, yeah. you know, like in, in the fans. We've kind of been like, you can, you can go to games, you can purchase tickets, you can buy merch and everything like that and support the team. But now you can really, you can move the needle a little bit and, and, and when it comes to like talent acquisition and not have to, you know, be like a houseman or somebody like that. Yeah. who has got a name on a building in town. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, I think so, it's, you know, I, I, you're hitting on a lot of great points and that's, you know, what, what, what Zach and I talk about all the time in this business is like, it's, it's, it truly shows how crazy we are as fans, as entrepreneurs, we're willing to dedicate our time to creating an entire business around just the offensive line. And the entire yeah. goal is just to make our football team better, right? Like they're yeah. we're we're giving out our profits to the players, 
so that right. they, you know, feel valued and feel a part of this community. We are teaching, you know, taking time out of our time. Like we can start a different business that certainly would probably be more profitable than that one. But, um, you know, that, that just shows you've got people who are all the way leaned in. They're leaned all the, you know, and saying, I'm going to mm-hmm. launch a business that is dedicated to this team, to this, these players to help you, to help build a better, you know, foundation for the program. That's, I mean, find me at, find me other places that are doing that. Well, you, you know, know, we, we, you can go to, to pipeline-jerky.com. You can use Redcast at the checkout. You can get 10% off. And we're not doing that for us. We don't get a, a, a cent of that. I I offered that to you, Dave, because I want just to be a part of it. If we help bring any extra person to it. By the way, Redcasters, actually what I would really suggest is go there. Don't use Redcast. Pay the full amount because that money's going to the players. I mean, that's truly what I would say. But, Mac, you said something here. If you don't have the fans... If you don't have the fans, and this is what's so impressive about Husker fans, right? Think about that. That means something. If you don't have the fans, go and look at UCLA this year in the first game when they're playing Bowling Green to 20,000 people, if that inside of Rose Bowl. Go and watch Colorado's athletic director introduce Dion. And when you think of when when Trev introduced Matt Rule, and that it was a great day. I mean, he won mm-hmm. the press conference. Colorado's AD is having to spend time at his press conference introducing primetime saying, please, Colorado fans, don't sell your tickets to Nebraskans. You know, when he was asked about how are you going to pay for, uh, for Dion, right. he basically was like, I, I don't know, but we'll get it figured out. I mean, he didn't have even a good answer to that. What Nebraska has done, the amount of support, and it drives other fan bases crazy. Because, by the way, Dave, did you know we haven't won a lot of games? Do you know that some teams have beaten us seven Heard straight that. times or <laughs> six straight times? And, and when are you guys just going to give up? Dave, no. just give up. You've lost seven straight, six straight. Gosh, I've heard that. Give if up. I had, if I had other like passions or things going on, I probably would, <laughs> but I don't. Right? Like I, that's why I, it's like you got number one's your family, right? And hopefully that's number one for everybody. And number yep. two is Husker football, and there it really isn't a number three, right? Yep. So that's like, as you know, with that's your focal point right there. Um, you know, I do, I do agree that that's what makes it special. And I think there's a so there's a natural pivot point here that I'd wanted to touch on last week when we got canceled because um, of some happenings. But mm-hmm. so here, here's the pivot point, And this is where we can pivot to rule because another another counterpoint to uh, a lot of what's going on on Twitter. I just have been sort of surprised there was initial positive reaction to him. And then, you know, there's just been a lot of huffing and puffing. Right. And it's like I'm just in my like Twitter mentions, just like pulling my sword out. Like, who do I got to like fight off next? Um, but one of the things I think directly in line with what we're talking about is what I really, really like about rule. I think it's a home run hire. I love the guy. You know, I'm obviously probably a little bit on this side of the fence. If I, I was going to love whoever it was. Um, yeah. But what I really love about the guy, the guy runs to f- chaos. He runs to fire. And I think that's a lot of sort of what we do too. I mean, you guys started this entire Redcast in like the absolute barrel, <laughs> like the bottom of the barrel of this thing. And just, to, just the, the lowest time, right? And it's like, how insane do you have to be to start a business around a four and eight football team? Like, you know, well, we didn't know at the time it was going to be that way, but yeah, it, it's well, but out. even right now, I'm starting, I'm starting an entire business around a, <laughs> yeah, a four yeah, win football are, team, right? This like, it's yeah. it's like it's insanity. But I, I guess what I come back to and what it gets me excited about him with with what happened at Baylor, right? And you go back to his time when he started there, is he had a ton of different opportunities coming out of Temple to go to a lot of different places that would have been a lot easier. He could have mm-hmm. taken over. He was the number one guy at Oregon. Oregon um, yeah. And he had Herbert there waiting for him, generational quarterback that was ready. Like that would have been an easy job for him. He went, to, he went to Baylor where they had, if you read about that scandal in 2017, they had hundreds, 
hundreds of sexual assault like violations at that school. It was one mm. of the biggest operational failures in the history of college football, if not universities and college in general. And he ran there, right? Yeah. So he, he does that. And then like right now, the guy just made $40 million and he's running to Nebraska and he's in Scott's bluff right now. Yeah. Right. Like he's, you know, like Heather Dinich is tripping us. And like, I get what she was saying of like, this I guy's know. got $40 million. What's he doing out there? Well, that's for another day. But you know, the guy could be golfing. He could be like in Europe somewhere. And he's like, nah, you know what I'm going to do? I want it. No, what I'm going to do. I'm going to Scott's bluff. That's where yeah. I'm going. Like, I love it. Like, that you know, why? Is like, that's it. His, that's what we his, need. His, his handicap is that he loves football too much that it's not golf. He, you know, he doesn't have hobbies. He loves football. He's a grinder. And there was somebody about, oh, I don't know, about two and a half months ago that talked about being a grinder being really important for this position. And uh, that kind of aligns with what Trev was wanting versus what Trev got. I said this last week on the Redcast, and I, I'm gonna, I'll stand by this. We've What Nebraska fans don't like is embarrassments. And we've had times <laughs> – it's not just on the field. It's off-the-field embarrassments that we don't like. If you go back to 2003 – Especially with it, Twitter. It's well, goodness gracious. Could you imagine Twitter back in the Solich days when when he got fired and that forty day search that Pearson? Could you imagine it in this Tom Osborne tail end? Well, we would have been merciless, (laughs) but relenting. But you go back to when Solich got fired, and Peterson hurt the brand, not by just firing a coach, but then that forty day search, sending out planes to Arkansas that come back empty and (laughs) it hurt the brand. And by the end of it, we were just lucky to get a coach is what it felt like. And what Trev did during this search, this 75 day search was he identified what he wanted. It wasn't a shit show. He didn't go out there and, and um, things weren't getting leaked left and right. He got the guy he wanted. He got him on the right time frame. It elevated, in my opinion, the level of the program. As I listened to Jim Rome interview, and I just I finally got around to that one today, him interviewing Rule and how positive everything about it was. Not just Rule, but then Jim Rome at the end of it goes off about Nebraska for a couple of days or a couple of minutes just about how important, you know, how good of a school it was, how, you know, how much he likes it and remembers the, the great times. We step out of this better now. We got to go and win games next year, but you know what? It's the off season right now. We're 10 months, nine months away from playing games. And uh, we got the right guy on tonight, Mac, to, uh, to talk about, you know, how, how do you win? What Dave, what does winning the next nine months look like before we even kick off that first game? What, what, oh what does God. this off season look I mean, like to you? We're already doing it. <laughs> already doing it. Home run higher. Uh, it's a fair question. I, I guess I think even touching on that, um, I do agree. Like, I, I think I was, I was probably more privately critical of Trev. Um, I just was like, Oh my God, make a decision. This is crazy. You've got like nine weeks on this thing. <laughs> and uh, to come out where we were having like had the guy from the beginning, just had to go through some snags on like negotiating. I, I was thrilled with the way it worked out. Cause I think there was certainly some hesitation there as like week five and six and seven turned around. It's like, does he have a guy? Like what's going on? Are we going to miss our guy? Um so I think, you know, that that's a win in itself. I think that he got the guy that I think is a really good fit. Um, I think the only one that, you know, maybe Fickle would have been the other one that probably people are like Johnson for a little bit. Um, but I think when you get, we, you've got that guy right now, you now you completely shift. And this is going to be the most exciting time possible because you've got the right head coach. Everyone's focused on the assistants. Um, and I think we can go in on the assistants. I, I think they're, 
I think it's really interesting what he's doing there. And then when you hit the transfer portal, I mean, it's, it's just going to be absolute. It already is. It's going to continue to be absolute and utter chaos for the next mm-hmm. three to six months where, I mean, look at the names that are already in there. You've got 20, 30, four, five stars that are already in there. I think there's over a thousand players are already in the transfer portal. That's so, you know, I think when you have like, they're expecting, I I'd po- I'd posted these numbers last week. There's 11,000 college football players in FBS and they're expecting like four to 5,000 of them to transfer. I mean, so basically every, every other player, 40%. Yeah. What are 40? Almost every other player, every third player on your roster is going to transfer. And so I think with that, like winning the off season is like, let's get some exciting coaches and let's get them, um, you know, let's get some momentum going. Let's start landing some recruits. Let's start landing some transfer portal guys too. I think we we're kind of talking about it before the show started of, you know, I, I'm probably less interested in the 16 year old. I want the 24 year old Hendon hooker. You know, give me the 24-year-old that's going to come and start right away and, and is seasoned and is, like, ready to play. What um, I think it, what I think is important, and you've heard um, there's a lot of talk at when Rule got hired on that, that opening press conference was about development, being a developmental program. And this is a different world being developmental today what versus it, Yeah, before. what's that look like what, in what, this world? What I think it looks like in this world, if you want to marry the two of, of you want to have good transfer portal, good NIL, all that with good development, Get the kids in now. This yeah. next month and a half is so crucial. If it, I've said this before with like recruits coming out of high school, I'll say the same thing with transfer portal guys. If you're not here in January, you're dead to me. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. not that I don't want to get the great guy in May, but it's so hard. I mean, yeah. I mean, Oshan was the top transfer portal guy in the country coming out in May, and we love Oshan. I don't have a single issue with Oshan. But how tough is that getting here in May or June and be expected to be major yeah. contributor? Stephen Wynn comes here from Alabama. He's been developed, but he still gets here, and there's yeah. such a short acclimation period, yeah. and you're meeting with team. Get here. Get here in January. So if we're going to get 10 guys in the portal, if that's where we get, or if we get 15 or if we get five you know, from year to year, I don't care. But whatever you get, get them here in January and get them through the process. And we, Develop them. This whole recruiting cycle, this particular one, is, is going to be probably, you'll look back on it, it'll be historically a waste. Like typically these transition classes just don't produce much. And this one is not tracking any different. Not to mention the fact, at least when Frost came here, he was recruiting college. So he had players that he was like in on a little bit and had relationships with and could build and bring towards Nebraska. Rule doesn't have that. But again, when, when Frost got here, there wasn't NIL and transfer portals, you know, I mean, and, and really this is something that rule hasn't had either. So he's but that's had, what I'm saying. Like, like the actual, the recruiting class. Lost. Well, but so the transfer portal, totally different. Well, game. that, that shitty Iowa fan or whoever out there that, that will talk to you all off season about, you know, how rule started one in 11 or two and 10 at his, his other stops. Number one is, is that one shitty Iowa fan or, or, or it could be just, it could be a shitty Colorado fan. It could be a shitty uh, lot of different fans. Right. But but whoever it is that that's on social media, that's coming after you and saying, you know, rule his first season, he's he's had bad records and he has. What I would say is there's a couple of things to look at with that. Number one is the circumstances they took over at those other positions, like you said, with Baylor. I mean, my goodness, he had like he was down to 45 sure. scholarships, I think. And the other thing is the the big difference right now is transfer portal and NIL. The opportunity to flip a, a roster faster with players who are more ready to play. If I can bring in a third year guy, and he's more ready to play, but again, it all starts with you got to get here in January. Do you think I that's just, the advantage too of, of of I don't know the offensive coordinators bio that well, but Satterfield. but the thing with Frost is you. Were, 
bringing him in, you're kind of married to a system almost. You're married to a type. Oh. Do you think it's kind of an advantage with rule that you don't really, <laughs> you're not really married to a type of offense or defense? It allows you to be a little more, uh, so not like I have a bigger pool to choose from when it comes to transfer portal guys. I'm like, well, if we can get this guy, this guy, this guy, then we're kind of lean this way. But if we can get an actual dual threat quarterback, we'll play it more this way. Offensively, uh, we absolutely are not married to it. It's going to be physical football is what rule said. Yeah. And he kind of plugged his nose when he went to Baylor to do all the, uh, the shotgun spread stuff, because that wasn't his, his gig. I mean, when he was at temple, I mean, you'd get under center, you'd have fullbacks on the field. It was a lot of power football, but you get down to Baylor, and you're down there in Texas. Uh, I mean, my goodness, the uh, high schools in Texas, that, that's basically where the spread was invented. And he adapted to what they did. Okay. Yeah, hey, look at that. Bob Collins just placed a $100 jerky order. Thanks, Thanks Bobby. You're, nice. help, you're helping out the pipeline there, Bob. Good Thanks. job. Thanks, BC. Um, but, you know, defensively, and uh, Rob, if you would, Redcast Rob is on the back end here uh, taking care of all the, <laughs> the, the comments and everything. He is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you'd put up, I think it was Jason Stinger uh, had a comment about uh, Jim Leonard. You know, we just talked about the offense, but on the defensive side, it was just like literally a few minutes before we went live tonight, Jim Leonard posted something. <laughs> Rob loves that. But, Rob, what was the uh, comment there? It was because it's basically Jim Leonard. Uh, just posted something that he's not going like to he was, Yeah, he's he's going to coach through the bowl game. Yeah. So, did you see Leonard is going to leave Wisconsin after the bowl? Do you think we have a shot, or do we get Schumann? Who the heck knows? I'm surprised we don't have a DC already. But uh, they reached out. Well, so here's. I mean, I, we're also have breaking news. I think Rayola is going to get retained on the O line. So that's sure? uh, okay. That's like breaking, like as of right now. But the, the pipeline jerky boys we're talking about, we're like, because we, we need we need yeah, him to like, oh, start recruiting with this, right? We got the right guy. We got the right. We got the right guy, man. So, uh, but Leonard, he reached out to Leonard. Um, at least uh, there was rumors on the message boards, which are always accurate. Those are never wrong. <laughs> that he had reached out. That I mean, Leonard's like that's like a home run hire, right? I think that. Um, I thought it was if Wisconsin kept him, I, I thought that was a home run hire. So he's. I mean, him. I think he's. I think he's incredibly desirable, but I do. Um, you know, I've, I've listened to 700 hours of podcasts in the last like few months. I'm sorry. I even forget who's like, take this was, but there is like, it is interesting because we as fans always try to put together like an all-star team of coaches, you know, we're like, oh, okay. So we got to get urban Myers, the coach. And then he's going to have Ed Orgeron as the O-line coach. <laughs> and then he's going to have, you know, Mickey Joseph's going to coach wide receivers and like, that's not really how it works. You know, it, it works in the sense that like rules got his guys and he's bringing his guys, every single guy he's brought is a guy he knows and a guy he trusts and a guy he thinks he can like mm. motivate. So, you know, I, I think there's that element. And I think we're so broken as a fan base that we're like, that's what Frost did. You know, Frost got his, uh, Frost brought his buddies in and yeah. you know, that didn't work. And so now we're like, well, rules bringing his buddies in. I think rules buddies are better. Hopefully like, you know, I think they're, his buddies are like the OC at South Carolina. They're not like, you know, Mario Verduzco, no offense, but well, no offense, you, you, but I mean, clearly a lots from, of offense. Playing you, came offense. From, you came from Iowa and then went to <laughs> central Florida, northern, only, northern Iowa. Yeah. Northern Iowa. I, well, yeah. Directional Iowa. Not that it mattered. <laughs> Quarterback but, coach in Iowa is kind of like, <laughs> but <laughs> what are you talking about? But you know, the, the buddies thing is interesting because really that's at the end of the day, a lot of teams hire buddies or a lot of coaches hire their buddies. The question is, are your buddies good or not? I mean, right. if you have good buddies that you're hiring. That's can your buddies win. But, yeah. Can your buddies win? Right. I mean, well, you, know, and, and, and you I, just joked about Iowa. They hired their son, you know, to be their, their OC. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, there's nepotism and there's buddies, but the, the thing 
The thing is with this staff, how do you compare it right now? Now, John Bishop this morning posted, I thought, a really interesting thing. He was comparing um, the five coaches that we've already got confirmed, which is Marcus Satterfield, offensive coordinator, tight ends, E.G. Barthol, the, the running backs coach, uh, Terrence Knight in defensive line, Evan Cooper secondary, and Ed Foley special teams. And then there was two other guys. Um, oh, gosh, it was a linebackers coach, and I think it was Jake Pete at Pete's. quarterback. And he's like, these are iffy. We don't know for sure. They're not announced. But he was comparing those seven versus the ten that, that Frost brought in. And he was just comparing big-time experience, big-time being pro experience and power five experience. Mm-hmm. And this staff already, just with those seven guys compared to the 10, they already had, I believe, more pro experience than the 10 guys did. Yeah. And they were right up there with the P5. Um, so the idea, to your point there, Dave, I mean, Frost brought in his buddies. Looks like Rule's bringing in his buddies. Well, are your buddies better? That's, well, and that's one of the things, ultimately. too, that um, w- one of the things that Rule said is one of the mistakes that happened with him in Carolina uh, was that he hired guys because he'd never coached in the NFL. He hired mm-hmm. a few coordinators and a few assistants that he didn't know, but they had a lot of NFL experience and he thought he could lean on them to, sure. you know, to add credibility to himself, to add credibility to the team because they knew the NFL better than him. He cited that as one of his biggest mistakes because he didn't know those guys that took him a long time to get to know him. And like the dynamic just never worked and they were learning on the job. So you know, he even said in a few interviews, like, I learned from that and I'm going to, you know, I, I need to go with guys that I think I can, you know, that are going to be grinders that are going to go to bat for me, that are going to go to work for me. So, you know, I, and he, he talks so much, him and Trev about alignment and making sure that the alignment's there from the, you know, the coordinators up to the coach, up to the athletic director, the president and chancellor. So, you know, I, I, I'm aligned with that. I think as much as I'd love to have Orgeron here as like the line coach, like, you know, I, it's not realistic. You got to give me a fair Co- I mean. coaching hires to me are a lot like recruiting in, in terms of like, you want to get the four star, the five star, the big name. But at, at the end of the day, it's like, it's pretty hard to tell, you know, who's going to be a hit. Who's not. I, I don't feel that strongly. I certainly don't feel very strongly at all past offensive coordinator, or defensive coordinator. If you're talking about assistant coaches beyond that, I don't really care. And with, as far as like being a great recruiter anymore, well, NIL kind of helps with a lot of that being a great recruiter anymore. So I think we have, yeah, I don't think that's as big of a deal as it maybe used to be. So if it's if the offensive coordinator is is maybe he's uh, generational in, in terms of like his style, like maybe you got a young Chip Kelly coming up or something like that. But short of that, mostly it just needs to be the the head coach needs to be able to communicate what his team needs to look like to those coordinators. We need to be tough. We need to be you know disciplined, hard in the trenches to beat, and execute what we actually do. And that can be anything. I mean, that really can be anything. And as long as the message is clear and the coaching is done, um, you can be successful. So, like, I don't – that is – the coaching the, the the coaching arguments or the, the debates on that or making lists of that, to me, it's like I'd love to have an opinion on it. But but you're kidding yourself if if people give you a list. I'm like, if we could just put this together, we'll win. I'm like, yeah. everybody thought it was a great idea when Frost brought his whole staff because there was going to be no upload time. It was yep. everybody knew exactly what to do. We were going to hit the ground running, man. We're going to flip the practices to, mo- to to mornings and just do that. We're going to do whatever it takes. I mean, they had the answer for everything. Yeah. And then and then you go, then you fast forward to now, and then you hear on the radio some of our media types go, well, you can tell right away Frost was in over his head. You know, <laughs> He didn't know how to make the moves a head coach needs to move. Well, listen, mother effer. I'm like, which <laughs> one is it? Because you're telling yeah. me two different things. Did he have it figured out? Was it next level? Did he, did he come in kicking doors down and making sure things were going? the right way or was he over his head and 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 regardless 
we're going to hear good things about Matt Rule. I, I, we're, you know, because that's that's the kind of the, the space we're living in right now. And that's okay. I choose to live there anyway. I'm, I'm, I'm going to hope it's on the good side of things. But I do believe when we're, we're looking at a coach right now that is the most um, suited for the job in temperament and mentality. He, he seems to be a delegator. He seems to know what it takes to get out there. He's a grinder, but he doesn't necessarily seem to be a – uh, a micromanager in terms of it's got to be this way, this way, this way. He's got more. He's got more uh, principles than necessarily rules. If that makes sense. Well, what I, I would say is we've had we have a very before and after moment in Husker history with when it was good and when it wasn't good, and and it was Solich being fired. I mean, everything up until that point. Um, not that everything was always peachy beforehand, and not that everything has always been terrible after. But that's been a pretty easy cutoff point. So mm-hmm. if you go back to when the moment that that Solich was fired. This is now the fifth head coach that we've hired. Uh, we hired two guys with clear Nebraska ties, one of them being Frost. The other I'll say is, is Pelini, even though he only had the one year, but I'm still right. going to say he's a, he's a Husker. T- he was a link. He had, he had ties. And then we've had, hired two guys from the outside, Callahan and Riley. Uh, both of them seem stretches. Both of them seem like guys that you had to, you know, you, you really had to, to kind of force feed yourself to, to see that they fit in. Rule – if you compare him with all those other four predecessors, um, he definitely is an outsider. He's not from here, but he it doesn't feel like a stretch to, to fit him in. He's from Penn State in that blue blood that Big helps, Ten. That helps me a lot in, in terms of like when I think about him and mentality because his, his Big 12 background – well, his backgrounds like to me is like uh, it's a little. He's soft, a walk-on linebacker. He's you know he, Penn State. There's a lot of t- there's a lot of things State. about him. Quite honestly, I mean, when you think of what Devaney was, he he was a Michigan guy. But when you think of of he fit in so perfect once he got here, I, I've said this a thousand times with Devaney. The guy didn't even step in the state of Nebraska to live here until he was in his late forties. He's older than I am now. You said he, it once. He before, said it a thousand times. He, he before he even got here, and and he fit here so well that he became the face of the state. I mean, I can't imagine moving someplace still in my life that I haven't lived in and becoming the face That's of a that great state. Point. That's a great point. You know, so it doesn't have to be a Husker guy. We've tried that. In fact, the fans that will sit there and say it needs to be this. In any of the positions, the coordinator spots, the head coach, it has Ooh. to be an offensive guy. It has to be a defensive guy. It has to be a pro guy. Okay, what are we Don seeing in the report? Donovan Riola is being retained. Listen, I, I already, I already, bro- already broke that news. Back. So that was already broke. Okay, so Matt is going to. I already broke that news. The, well, so here, we let me, broke let me, the news before Rivals. There. I broke the news before Rivals. We already knew that. The. I think what's interesting about the coaching decision, like there's already been such a like micro focus on rule. To me, there still is that element of like, look at the way that this thing, you know, unfolded because we had the Mm -hmm. opportunity to look at every single coach that existed. Right. Because we had so much time to be able to like go through this. Every single one of them just had either a fit issue or like they weren't going to come issue, right? Like you run through the list of who at least I wanted. Urban Meyer is my number one, and I won't back down from that. Like that's your only home run hire that exists. That guy's won everywhere he's gone. He's a guaranteed winner, but he's not going to, he doesn't want to coach. So like that, that's not a fit. And he's also, I didn't think he was a home run hire, to be honest with you. That's if, fair. That, 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 that would be my argument. He wasn't a home run hire, not only because I think he could have been divisive, that's one thing. I also don't know that we're getting 2007 Urban Meyer. Well, and that's, I guess that's what I'm kind of going through is like, you got a guy like him who's theoretically on paper, like the home run hire, he's got a ton of baggage. Mm -hmm. He would divide the fan base. You don't know if you're getting 2007 Urban Meyer or like 
you know, or 63 year old Urban Meyer, whatever, like 59 year old mm-hmm. Urban Meyer, who like doesn't want to coach anymore. He just wants to do TV and he just flamed yep. out like crazy in the NFL. So he doesn't have that fire in his belly anymore. So like that's, he's out. Right. And then the rest of those names, Matt Campbell stinks. Dave Aranda, <laughs> like <laughs> Dave Aranda, I actually really liked a lot and I could have been, you know, sold on him, but he goes six mm-hmm. and six. So it's like he had a one flash in the pan year that like worked really well. Maybe he's not as good. Then you run through like Leipold guy starts five and zero, finished six and six. Like, is he any good? You know, he's never really coached the mate. Like when you run through every one of those coaches and you get through each one of them, even fickle who I'd put up there as a guy who I respect a ton. I think he did a fantastic job at Cincinnati and he was always a top on my board compared to rule. Like with what rules doing running to the fire, the willingness and the, you know, the want to be there, you know, fickle kind of, he just, he's done really well at Cincinnati, but that's all against like Tulsa and Miami, Ohio. And like, he beat up on like mid majors. It's sort of the frost situation again, in a, in a lot of ways. So he hasn't necessarily rebuilt multiple programs the way rule has. So I guess as you go through all those, and then the last one being Dion that everyone's obsessed with. And I, I love the guy. He's my, one of my favorite players of all time. I don't know if his shtick will work in Colorado. I don't think it would have worked here. And so I guess mm-hmm. as you run through all of those names, like we already have gotten so fixated on fickle or, or on, on rule and are like, he, he hasn't beat any ranked teams. It's like, Oh my God, like for the love of God, like, you know, the guy in year three took a program on the brink of the entire university being shut down and they won 11 games. Sorry. He lost to Oklahoma. Like that. Sorry about that. Oh no. Like he lost to Oklahoma that one year. But when you look at all of those coaches that all just had a ton of warts on him and just weren't fits. And we like analyzed every single one of them. Uh, I just felt like of those hires rules, fantastic. Um, that, that, that to me is the macro look at it of like, he's, I think he's fantastic. Well, I was going to circle back to something you said before about being frustrated with Trevor and how long it took. Do you think that if, if negotiations would have went more smoothly, the announcement would have made, would have been made sooner, or do you think they were going to kind of wait till that timetable kind of to the end of the season anyway before they made the announcement because it sounded like they were really trying early on and then something fell through and then they had yeah. to come back to it I so think like, they, yeah i think his timeline was always the same you think it was gonna okay yeah i think it was always the same but my concern was i do think it felt like i i would love to like at some point this book will come out and like this is one of those things i'm like if, if pipeline jerky gets big enough if Pus guys gets big enough like all i want in my life is just to be in those rooms that's it's it total access like, right I just want to ask. That's it. I just want to know, like, I'm okay, with you 100. So, I'm not I, like. So you walk in there, and Matt Rule yeah. says no. What do you say back? Like, yeah. I want to see Trev flip the like, you know, flip the table over and be like, "You're coming to play. You're coming to Lincoln. And I'm writing right. a blank check, and like, you're going to figure it out." Because how did that go? You know, and that that stuff's fascinating to me. Like, how do you I get in that room? 100. How do you get in that room and say like, "What did Trev say?" And I love that. Like, the Trev Rule dynamic is sort of fascinating because I it didn't dawn on me until the press conference. They played at the same time. So yeah, Trev played in it, you know, ended at 93 in Nebraska earlier, yeah. a couple of years earlier, but rule, no, then rule played 94 at Penn state. So like, yeah. I, I guess I, I feel like there's probably like, these are like boys, right? They're like hard nosed nineties football players who are like, fact, what's it going to take rule? What's it going to take buddy? The idea that rule is sitting there kind of, you know, moping a little bit after getting fired from the Panthers and probably too soon. Right. I mean, there's it was early in the season. He could have got turned around other teams like the like the commanders got it turned around. But um, anyways, uh, you know, he's kind of moping a little bit. You know, he just got fired. Who wouldn't be? It doesn't matter. Money is the Monday. Mon, mon, money isn't the uh, the savior here. He, you know, he just got fired from his job. And it was the fact that 
Trev calls him up and they start talking. And that's the thing that kind of got him out of that natural funk that anybody would be in after getting fired. Yeah. You get fired and you start to question yourself. Oh, geez, am I, you know, maybe I'm not as good. Maybe this or that. And then you start talking to a like-minded person. And to your point and there, Dave, and that's, that's definitely what, like-minded. Do they not sound oh, like little mini oh, man. toughness? They, of they sound like you and talking with each other, Mac. Like they, well, yeah. they, it's like they've known each other for 30 years. <laughs> yeah. But, but, it's awesome. I, I mean, I, I think in, in that instance, like Trev's like a unicorn, right? Like I, I kind of tweeted this last week of like, this is a guy who's played at a high level. So he has a, a ridiculous level of respect for the players, you know, for recruits and for the coaches themselves. And he can go out and recruit and he can talk football. He can talk numbers. He can talk, you know, athletic track, you know, that, that macro level too. He's been in TV for a decade and he's been athletic director for a decade. Like there aren't a lot of folks out there that can do all three. And you think back at our like previous athletic directors, you know, we got I course in there. Imagine that guy negotiating oh. literally anything, right? Like, that, and these athletic directors now are salesmen. They're salesmen. They're promoters. They're pitchmen. They're NIL leaders. Like, so I, the I guess one, I, the, the good ones are right, and the, the good ones are was, right. Mm-hmm. To go back to what you were saying though earlier about yep. Trev, that's what sort of kind of impresses me about the guy. It sounds like, and I, you know, I, I know you are a content consumer, just like I am, and so you'll find these weird interviews and 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 dig up stuff, and you'll listen to it. And but I've done that with Trev to some extent. And it's interesting when Trev talks about when he first went to UNO and how they, they present him with these budget concerns and what he had to do to get UNO more solvent by the time he left there. And, you know, that's when they, mm-hmm. they, they lost wrestling. They went division one, but it was a big process. And what Trev did throughout that was take on meetings and he met with Buffett and met with a whole bunch of people and, and developed a brain trust to kind of guide him on what to do. So to fast forward to now, and then you hear him say, cause that fascinates me. Uh, he was told no. You know, and but 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 there was also this, but I want you, but you want me, and but there's this thing between us, and like, and it's gonna take a problem solver, it's gonna take a yeah. guy who can go out there and like, well, how do we how do we make this work? Because some people hear no and move on to the next one because they might get freaked out about it's already been a long time. You know, yeah. the Husker fans are are tweaky as hell about shit like this. You know, we don't want our brand tarnished by a long coaching search, and Trev knows this. I yeah. mean, he's his ass is already out there because he fired a coach three games in. So for him to handle this and and then and problem solve and actually get the guy because I think Rules Words himself was like Trev's a bulldog. I think he was talking like what a bulldog Trev is. Once he has it in mind that he's got the right guy. So yeah. I, when when people kind of question, is he one A? I don't think there's much of a question. It, for me, now you can be skeptical. Sure, there's, it's easy to be that. I don't like being that way. It just makes my soul sad. I'd rather just believe well, in the guy that that's doing it. I think he picked. I think he got one A. I really do. What, what, I, what I said in a lot of our DMs and, and texts and all the, the – whatever Trev was going to do, whoever he was going to hire, he could hire Matt Campbell, and I know what that makes you feel like, Dave, but he could hire whoever. And the most important thing to me would be that press conference and how do you explain it. You're going you're gonna to get asked hard questions. To me, there was absolutely no home run hire, and that includes um, Urban Meyer. There was nobody that was a home run hire out there. So whoever you were going to hire, you were going to have to answer questions. And that's fine. That, that, that's you don't part. think Urban would have been a home run? Hire? No, absolutely not. From a, and we talked about this while you were gone for well, a second. So I guess how you'd find a home run hire. I, I guess from the, a press from, from a press conference standpoint, though, definitely from a, a from hire. a divisiveness standpoint. There's there it could have divided the fan base too. But the point is, even if let's say it was Urban Meyer, he hires Urban Meyer. At the end of the day, it was going to be how do you answer the questions? How do you introduce the person? What was your thought process? Why is Urban Meyer, why is Matt Campbell, why is Luke Fickle, or why is Matt Rule the right guy? And all I can say is I went in 
to that Monday, last Monday, um, when they you know when they did the announcement with Rule, I went in there not really knowing much about him, and I walked out of that day. And I mean, look, people can sit there and say the same thing about five years ago with with Frost and when he was announced, and that was a magical day. And I get it. it was that, that was a magical day on different levels because that was off season Nirvana. Well, and it was bringing back history. Really, we like, had former players. Everything aligned. Undefeated, Everything like, undefeated season. Paco son comes home. This marriage. You know, lowest in do you know what Trev does for us? Shit on us again. Sorry. You know what Trev does for us? Trev allows us to move on from some of the past with somebody who's part of the past. And uh-huh. I'll give you an example of that. This is the first season. Is that a haiku? Well, maybe I'm, I'm, I may, um, this is the first year I, I got season tickets. And uh, maybe I just hadn't gone to as many home games, although I usually go to quite a few. Yeah, but this is the first year when we went to the Oklahoma game, Mac, you and I went there. It was hard to watch some of the history stuff. And I'm a history buff. Yeah. I love Nebraska tradition. And it felt weird seeing us. I don't know how to say it the right way, but it's like we carted out the old guys again. It's too long ago. And it, it's well, just it's, too long. It, it's like the same. It's this time. It's the 30 year anniversary yeah, of the guys that 10 years ago. It was it, the 20 year anniversary, and and I love that. I love the history. I love those guys. They're, they're the fabric of this program. But yeah. the problem is, I went to Norman a year ago, right. and in Norman they did the same thing. They brought out the guys from 40 years ago, and then they showed the 20 right? guys. Yeah. Then they showed it's, the 20 guys they have in the NFL right now. Yeah. And, it's not those guys' fault. Yeah, it's, it's not the '90s guy's fault that that's the last time we were really, really good. Absolutely. So, not. But, but at the same time, it's like you're only listening to Ario Speedwagon from that little peak <laughs> time in the '80s. You know, you're not listening to their their later albums, it and that's kind of what we are right now. We're it just was, not hitting. It was the first moment, Mac. You and I walked out of that stadium in the second quarter, towards the end of it. And I hate leaving a game early, but you know what? It's not my job to stay at a game until the end. I, as a fan, I'm sorry, it's not. My, my job is to cheer as loud as I can for as long as I can. I'm hoarse by the end of a game. But when we're getting beat that badly, you know what? I, I just I, – I'm not going to boo. We don't boo. That's not something I do. But you speak with you speak with your legs then instead of your voice. I just couldn't stand and watch it. And what, But but that the point of that game against Oklahoma was it was a sad moment for me because it was sad for me. I couldn't cheer for these guys that were at the 30 and 40 year, you know, whatever the, the anniversary, you know, was that they did that day. I, it was hard for me to cheer at it because I've already seen it before. And I love those guys, those guys. I mean, those are the guys I absolutely idolize. My first season of Husker football as a fan is 1983. And I remember every flipping moment since I don't, there, there isn't a season, a game that's gone by. I didn't, I haven't watched or paid attention to since, since Penn State, Matt Rule brought that up on his introductory press conference, the 44 to 6 victory in the inaugural kickoff classic in East Rutherford, yeah. New Jersey in 1983. I have I've been there. I've been there every single damn game. And yet I couldn't get up for yeah. us <clears throat> doing it again yeah. against Oklahoma. And so my point there is that we have to start creating new tradition. Yeah. And Trev, maybe it's maybe it's hard for an I-course. Maybe it's hard for Bill Moose to be the guy to make that big move. Trev is part of that history, and Trev, I think, is the guy that's perfectly situated to move us into that next generation. He got rid of another former 
golden boy from this this program. I mean, that was that was a lot of talk of, of Scott the first couple of years that he kind of walked on water. He got here, he could do what he wanted. It was there, all the time. There was no checks and balances. And when Trev got here, give him what he wants. At the very least, Trev, the second he got here, he can he can sit there and go, look, I'm. I think Trev wanted Scott to work, but I think yeah. Trev could also look at the the North Stadium and go, my name's up there. I, I'm here too. You well, know, I think you that's, did great that's, things. You won us a championship, but but I've done some things here too. I, I would agree with everything you're saying. I would elevate it a little bit too of saying like he's the right guy at the right time, but he's doing something that my dad talks about a lot. He's putting all of his chips on the table. Uh, he's moving them all to the center, right? And he had to. This is it. This is his shot, right? He's not going to get to hire another coach. Like that's just not how athletic directing works, right? Yep. And so not unless rule that advances. Well, you know yeah, mean? sure. Maybe, yeah, maybe short rule, of that. rule gets to 10 and two and then it's like, oh, we need like somebody else and he goes somewhere else. Fine. <laughs> That's, but, but you're right. Otherwise, uh, that to me is what also makes this exciting is like, this is it. Like, this isn't like, you know, say what you want about, you know, Mickey Joseph. We don't have to get into that part of it, but Trev talked about it of um, one of the reasons he didn't select Mickey ultimately was what Trev called risk mitigation. And, uh, you know, he said that in quotes too, of saying like, Mickey just had never had that, you know, D one power five head coaching experience. Right. And so if Trev's, if Trev's going to move everything, he's going to move all his chips and move him to center. He's got to bet on his horse and he's betting on his horse. So that to me is like, this is Trev all in. This mm-hmm. is rule all in and rules got a lot less to lose. He's got 40 million bucks, but man, like that's, what's, that's what's like Trev gets turned down by rule and he comes back. And is like, I, we're making this work. We're going to figure it out. His deal is insane. He's making $12 million per year in year like six or seven or something. He's going to make a million dollars a game. Every Saturday we see yeah. him out there, he's going to make a million dollars. But Trev was just like blank check. <laughs> well, if, you, if you've got the right guy, there is no amount that's too high, to be quite honest. Nobody asks what Nick Saban's salary is because Nick Saban's salary, whatever it is he's getting paid, isn't yeah. enough. It's truly not enough. No. They should double it. They should triple it. He would be worth every penny for what he did there. And what is Alabama? Alabama's a blue blood of football. And you go back to when Alabama hired him, go back to 2007 or eight or whatever the year was. And what are the memories of, you know, we'd like to, we like to have selective memory. Alabama was They're a shit good. show. They're Anyone remember Mike Price? That was a fun little adventure for him. He yeah. didn't even make it through his yeah. first offseason. He was at a strippers club with a with a company <laughs> card and gets fired. And they went through a series of guys like embarrassments, embarrassing moments for Alabama fans. And you hire the right guy. Now let's put some. So look, we're we're pumping the the Kool Aid, right? Well, let's pump the brakes for a second here. I'm no. Fine. I'm, no, no, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it, Dave. What was the first season? What was the first season that uh, you know Saban had there at Alabama? They went six and or seven and six. They went six and six that during the season. They lost it to Louisiana Monroe to end the year, or I guess the second to last game of the year. Won their bowl game. They went seven and six. Um, I take it. You know, well, and here's I'm gonna re, I'm gonna repump the Kool Aid now. <laughs> now I'm gonna pump the Kool Aid. I'm not gonna say twelve and zero next year, but you know what? I think this is a bowl team next year. And if it, if it's six it was and a bowl six, team this year, so I would agree. It, with I'll you. say six and six to me is what my expectation of next season is I would be disappointed five and seven. Now disappointed doesn't mean we have to say, okay, well then if you're disappointed, what's the next step now? Are we firing guys? No, I'm not that God, That's so, so reactive to something. But, but my thing is we need to get to a bowl game. This is so crucial. I think it's so important for fans 
This is a time of season, December, where we should be planning our next game and not talking about the all the offseason already. That's important, and that's something I don't think Matt Rule can afford to just have a one and eleven first season like the Temple and the Baylor's. But again, these are different situations too. One and eleven would be very, very. It would just very, be tough. I mean, very, we saw what happened to Frost in year one, much. starting zero and six with. All the you know you can try to explain it away, but when you start zero and six, and you, you we can't afford to have that bad of a start. Uh, but yeah. I, I do think the best I can here's here's a couple different points that give me a ridiculous level of optimism, which is you know the state of mind I exclusively exist in. That okay, one look at Tennessee. I mean, yep. unbelievable. High Absolutely, in second season. So sure. you know, obviously, you want to anchor things correctly, and it's like, are we going to turn this around in second season? Maybe not. Oregon, first-year head coach, right? Unbelievable season they just had. So Tennessee, second-year head coach, unbelievable season. At one point in time, we had five coaches in the top 10, including Lane Kiffin, including you know, Heupel, including uh, a whole host of other guys that were in the first or second year. So the, the flipping of the roster can exist really, really quickly. Very it can tough. happen really quick. Tennessee has been bad for 20 years. People yeah, like are yeah. already forgetting that. Yeah. And they're 10 and two. And now they like, I mean, they've absolutely ascended in his second season. So I think that can exist. Michigan gives me a ton of optimism too. the fact that Harbaugh has got them finally up to that point that like they can return to glory if Tennessee can return to glory. But then I like the other point of like, you look at our schedule and th- this is where, again, I would love to just be in the room. If you're Matt rule and you're looking at our schedule and looking at the teams we play and you're like, wow, this, you know, this, this team was not very good this year. They almost beat Iowa or they beat Iowa, almost beat Wisconsin 14, 14 to three in the fourth quarter against Wisconsin. We're beating Minnesota like late in the game, you know, blew that lead too. It's like all of these games with a team that isn't that good without a head coach, without a defensive coordinator is beating Wisconsin is beating Minnesota is beating Iowa is beating like winning almost every game and then effectively losing them in the fourth quarter. I guess you got to feel like he's going to come in and just lick his chops and be like, wait a second. All I got to do is just like not screw up the fourth quarter against Minnesota and we're going to win. Sweet. Like I'm going to get to eight wins like tomorrow. This is going to be so easy. How like the, long the Big ago, Ten is so bad. It's so bad. How how long ago does it seem like, uh, you know, we were the only loss ever to Northwestern this season? Oh, like, God. I mean, my goodness, you know, Ireland, yeah. it's so easy to forget those things, but it felt like a different team. And, you know, defensively, we were such a mess in th- the first three games. They keep Shenander around. The fourth game was the Oklahoma game that, that we left there. Um, it, it, it's – look, it, that's that's been the problem of this team for the last yeah. two or three seasons. You're so close. You're constantly so right. close, and you're not getting over the hump. You're not you're not finishing games. Well, I was going to say, we talk about this all the time when, when players in the transfer portal – and there, you know, it might be like Ernest Hausen, for example. I mean, I don't want him to go, but it's at the same time, he's coming off of a team that only won, you know, four games, right? So it's like, what's the loss? What's the big loss if any of these guys go away? But at the same time, if you got a coach in there that can pull out the best of these guys and we play disciplined football, we actually turn out to be kind of a, a, a hard out, yeah. you know? And so it, it, I guess I, I say that to say this, in my mind, our team is far better positioned now to make a quick turnaround with Matt rule than it was when Frost took over for Riley. I, I don't think the talent was at the same level. I don't think, I don't think uh, we were as, um, I don't think we were as equipped personnel wise to be molded into something that could win some games. I feel like this year though, especially with those, those last games, if we can keep some of them off of um, out of the transfer portal, 
allow Matt Rule to kind of implement his culture, add some transfer portal guys. It, it's not it's it's crazy for me to pe- when people say that it can't happen actually because I feel like it's as likely to happen as not. In in as many years of a drought as we've had, it's su- we are way 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 due. I'm like, wow. <laughs> I'm like, well, as, here's, as so here's, here's turn, this is. I want to throw a question back on you. Now I get to ask the questions, but here's good. the uh, here. Cause I think that's a, a really interesting point. Cause I, I debate this all the time is, you know, we have top 20 recruiting classes every single year. We have right. our, our, our roster is riddled with four stars and five stars and, and three stars and high ranking. Best recruiter in the West. Yep. Uh, every time. Best recruiter in the West every time. So let me, let me ask you this. Cause I, what is your guys' take on the, the Dion entry and press conference? Right. I've, I've like, found some tweets that have like hit pretty well of saying like rule came in and basically said, I chose to come coach here. I'm going to coach you guys. I want to coach here. Dion basically showed up and was like, get out of here. I hate all of you guys. Like, I don't want any of you guys to play for me. Like everybody should just leave. Cause you guys suck. Cause you went one 11. Right. What's what's, what do you think is the right balance? Cause you could have come into Nebraska and done that. It could have been like, Hey, you guys are four and eight this year, three and nine last year. Like you guys think everybody leave. I'm just gonna be all my guys. And he didn't, but he could have, but you know, I'm a, you said it before. I'm a prime guy. I, I love Dion yeah. as a player. He was one of my favorite guys to watch of all time. I've, I've kind of, I've watched his coaching journey. I liked what he was doing down at, at Jackson state. I don't, I, I'm, I'm really curious about this hire to Colorado because there's a lot of things that are far, far different from the place he's, he's coming from and his message coming into the, into the program Okay, yes, I get it. They didn't win a lot of games, and you're coming in, you're kicking the door down, telling them to get in the transfer portal and this and that. You know, like his line about, I'm bringing my own luggage, and it's Louie. I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't. He's, Dion to me is really starting to feel himself quite a lot as a coach. Loves, and loves you, you, yeah, he really does. And you just got to the Power Five level, buddy. And you went yeah. to Colorado, which I don't think is as easy a place to recruit to as, it, as maybe some people do. I could see it going very, very, very poorly there, but but as far as like what I would, I think he would have with that attitude coming in Nebraska, I think he would have rubbed people far too the wrong way. He he, he even said in the opening press conference that they, they've been putting up with this nonsense for the last twenty some years Oof. in Colorado. That's a long time. That's we we talk about Frost throwing Riley under the bus. Dion just threw the last twenty years of staffs under the bus and all the players yeah. along with it into some kind of I, stuff. Culture look fits important and culture changes are important. You want to change culture, but how quickly you do it, how well you adapt. I mean, I'll give you know maybe a, a relevant local example to this. Tommy Frazier coached at Doan for two years. Came in there and said, "We're getting. We brought in a bunch of Florida guys here. Yeah. We're switching everything over. I mean, we're gonna. You know, basically, there was. Uh, you know, I don't know exactly how the conversations went if it went the same way that Dion did there. But uh, in two seasons, they won two or three games. They were down to half their roster. They they quit going after the, the recruiting base that they were going after. They alienated a bunch of fans in the process, and 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 it didn't work. I'm not saying that's Doan has happen. never been the same. <laughs> Doan's never been the same. <laughs> I'm not saying that exact same thing is going to happen here with Dion, but the, the thing, I mean, look, when you come into a place on day one, I mean, you make big statements on your, it's easy to make big statements on signing day or on, on uh, hiring day. Right. I thought there was a moment with rule where he caught himself and I liked what he said. Nothing was, there wasn't any big gotcha moment thing. Like, Hey, you know, the big 10 is going to have to adjust to us. At one point, he said, we're going to work harder than, and he stopped. And he goes, we're going to work as hard as we can work. 
There's no point in comparing it to yeah, anything else. There's no point in saying we're going to work harder than Iowa. Yeah, We don't know that. There's no point in saying we're going to lift more than Wisconsin. Have no idea. We might not. They, they, they're they're going to put put in the time too. I'll you know I like to crap on our our opponents to the east, but you know what? Iowa's done a great job over the years of developing players and working hard. So why would I sit here? Didn't on, help them this year. <laughs> so why would Turds. I? So why would I sit here on hiring day and 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 sit there and say that you know we're going to work harder than them? We don't know that, but we're going to work as hard as we can work. And if the guys in this locker room want to be a part of it. Then, then there's there can be a place for them, and that's essentially what he said on day one. That's not what Dion said. Right. Dion walked into there and basically said, "Leave." And I've got a bunch of Division two or FCS guys that I'm going to bring up with me, and they're going to take your place. I know. And these guys are, gonna, and these guys are, and one of them, my son, is going to be the quarterback. And these are the guys that are going to fix our issue, and we're going to play in the Pac-12 next year, and we're going to win with these guys. It might work. But heaven forbid. That- heaven forbid. It might work for him, and it might completely flame out but nobody i've talked to thinks this is going to work more than two or three years because if he is successful in it he's going to be gone right yeah it's gone well my other part of the problem is you you're, you seem to be blaming the players for the coaches that they had and, and mel tucker just jumped ship like yep. a year ago so you're talking about a group of guys here that haven't had a lot of continuity at the head coaching step so it just seemed like to me a kind of a harsh and I could see him pulling back and go, well, listen, the reason I said that is because I'm challenging those boys and, and the ones that will stay here. I know they're, they're the right type of guy for, for, for prime. You know, that's how he's saying. <laughs> <Like, okay. laughs> you know, and, and I get that. There's an argument to be made for that. But just off the cuff, the first time I saw it, it rubbed me a little wrong. If I was younger, maybe it wouldn't rub me wrong at all. That's, you know, if, if you, were, if, if if you, you were, have kids at that, about that age, you're like, well, shit. The last coach promised my son that we'd be a lot better, and he developed and everything like that. I'll tell now you you're what. telling my son to jump in the porthole and get porthole. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. If you were, if you were one of the players in the room, or yeah. if you're one of the parents of one of the players in the room, how would you feel watching that? And I guess I would compare that to rule right now at Nebraska. I think any one of the players would look. We're going to lose kids to the portal. We lost an in-state kid, Bramer, the first uh, uh, recruit of the 2023 class. It's been with us for a year and a half. We lost him today from Pierce to go to. To yeah. Iowa State, you're going to lose some guys no matter what. And I've heard, I've heard that there was positive things that uh, Rule did with their recruitment, and they still left. It doesn't, you know what? There's going to be collateral damage in any kind of change. Um, when Frost got here on day one, the second he got done with his press conference, he went right over to Bryson Williams' house to go and try to recruit him. We didn't get him. He still went to Wisconsin, where he'd been committed for months. Um, as as we learn later, <laughs> it's not like he had a great career there, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It was more that you're setting the precedent that this is what we want to do. Um, Mickey, when he had his opportunity there, he went to, to Gretna, and I believe Rule has gone to Gretna too and tried to get Zane Flores here. I wouldn't expect Flores to want to come because he's been committed for months and months to Oklahoma State. I don't expect anything to change there with the recruitment. But you still throw that offer out. You still set the precedent that it's important for us to go after you because you know what? In, in the transfer portal world anymore, this is like a marriage. I hate That's, to say it, but like marriages are like 50 50, they're going to work. It's 50 50. It's not even a marriage anymore. It, it's more like a networking thing. Yeah, it's well, more like it's more I'm, like I got to get to know you because later on, I'm the just line, saying the success. Well, is that's like that's that to me is the biggest point of this whole thing. That's like the best coaches out there because that's where I, I truly think we're going to see like a full generational shift in coaching of the guys mm-hmm. who are phenomenal coaches the last 20 years are not going to be the best coaches the next 10. Because the best guys are going to be those guys that are doing exactly what you're saying, Mac, where they're um, 
they're recruiting guys now to get them in the portal four years from now yeah, or three years from right. now. Like yeah. that's, you know, Hey, build Hey, you go, go ahead, man. Hey, go to Tennessee, go to Wisconsin. That's totally cool. I'm going to keep texting you. Well, and, but that's I'm going to text, like text you every day for the next three years. And when you hit the portal again, Hey, hit, hit me up. Yep. But you know, as, like, as, as the NIL develop, uh, d- differentiates between the lower programs and the bigger programs, these lower programs are going to become farm systems for the Alabamas and everything like that. They will not be able to keep them. Yeah. And, 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 and well, we saw that with Van- Vanderbilt's left sure. tackle went to Alabama last year. And, and one of the hardest positions to get in the transfer portal is offensive yeah, line. Cause those that, guys are legit gold that, that they are legit gold. And guess what? I'm going to go back to. <laughs> but if you have the right jerky, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to go. You can get more linemen than I, anyone. I'm else. going to go back to <laughs> go to Alumni Hall on December 10th from 12 to 2 p.m. and, and uh, talk to the pipeline there. Get some pipeline jerky here. Let's uh, let's see what the yeah. There we right. go. Get the pipeline jerky because nobody loves fat guys more than we do. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it is. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if this is a space, if this is a space that we have an advantage in, look, I'm. T- Nebraska football in the history of, of college athletics, college football, it doesn't make sense that Nebraska is one of the top winningest programs and, and all those things. I mean, you wouldn't you wouldn't pinpoint and, and put a pin right here and say that it, Lincoln, Nebraska is a, a blue blood of football. But it is, and it is because the fan base cares as deep as they do. We demand it. We demand it, right? And we've this is the thing. This is one of the things that we can have some control over. And I love what, again, I'm going to go back to what I said at the beginning, Dave. I love what you've done. You're just an average fan like anybody else. I and mean, 10 years ago, you started. An average out, fan, to be well, clear. Yeah. 10 years ago, you and your brother, just your average fans, and you just say, you know what? Let's just start up this little Husky thing. Let's see what's, what happens. And 40,000, you know, there's uh, uh, Vegas Jer, 40,000 followers later. And that's just with Huskies. That's not all the different accounts that you have. I mean, you're the biggest fan uh, following of, of any social media uh, account right? out there. You got, yeah, that's I mean, awesome. How, really? Is that really right? If you add up everything, how I mean, how many followers do you, do you have right now? So Huskies has 40, but then all, all of the different accounts, like the Huskies Media Network, as we call it, uh, is over mm-hmm. 70,000 followers across it, all the is different Is that really accounts. the most? Uh, yeah, so it's the most. Well, that, that's, it, within, with, thank you. Yeah, within that within the good, fan. You think about it. It's a ra- this is a rabid fan base. For anyone to be the most of anything in this, that's probably oh, it's on, actually that's amazing. And what I love about that's it too, amazing. what I love about it is that again, you could have used your energy, and your brother could use could have used your guys's energy ten years ago to be negative. You could have. I mean, you, you could do whatever you want with it, right? I mean, spend your time how you want to spend your time. Um, I, this is where I'll, I'll insert us back into the conversation. The Redcast, we could have given up at any time because, oh, gosh, you know, we're losing a bunch of games. The love of this program that we have as fans, it, it transcends <laughs> wins and losses. The wins hurt to me as much as they ever have before, but, but I always – and I can be a realist – I can, I, I can be a realist and look at all the challenges that we have ahead of us. At the end of the day, I always have the optimism that we can get back to where we were. And I think to say that we're going to get back to where we were, it has to be, you have to define it. Because yeah, where's work? When, when people say, oh, do you think we're going to go 60 and three again? Well, no, no, you dipshit. Yeah. Nobody yeah. goes yeah, 60 and three. Say the words. Nobody <laughs> goes 60 and three over five years. It's a stupid number that nobody should have to be put to. Or, you know, that should not be an expectation on any coach, That's any program, anywhere. But 
the bar is, is that you are a nationally relevant program year in and year out. Nine wins, I'll start with that, is a good uh, standard kind of bearer thing. And that's something that we had a lot of success with for 40 plus years. That's where I want to see the program at. And when you're winning nine games a season, then the good years are the ones where you're winning 11, 12 and up. And the, you know, the, the bad years are the ones when you're, you're going nine and you know, three or, or gas, maybe a, a really bad eight and four, right? That to me is where Nebraska is back. And that's what, and I absolutely, you ask me with a straight face, I absolutely 100%, no hesitation, believe we can get back to that. I like, I totally agree. I, obviously, that's my entire, my entire being agrees with that. But <laughs> I do think it's, I, I guess I really think if you just look at the, the division, you look at the Big Ten West, and I know the divisions are going away in a couple of years, yeah, but that's going to change. Um, yeah. That'll change a lot, but it's like, you, you kind of break it down. You're like, wait, we just have to beat Purdue and Illinois and Northwestern, and we're not only in a bowl, we're eight and four. It's like to flip to flip our schedule. It's truly just beating teams that we used to murder. You know, I, I think that 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 to me is even like you go yeah. back to 2011, 2012. It was like oh, we showed up this we showed up to this conference. I was like, this conference stinks. So like, Dave, yeah. <laughs> so Dave, Big, Big Ten loyalist is going to beat you up and say you we've lost a bunch bunch of games. And you know what? That Big Ten loyalist is right. Problem is you haven't seen real Nebraska. Well, that's, that's I guess that's I just problem. like that. I, I keep going back to like we didn't know what we had when we had Polini that we were just like walking in and like he would beat everybody yeah. he should have. And he was beating Illinois every year. It wasn't even a problem. He was beating Indiana. Like and these teams like weren't even a they weren't even like a thought. And now the fact we go into the year is like, are we gonna beat Northwestern? Like, what? What is are we gonna I beat remember, Purdue? Like, what I is that Purdue? I remember when we played Northwestern in the Alamo Bowl in 2000, and they were a co-Big Ten champ, and we beat them. 60 something to 20 something and Dan Alexander ran for 200 some yards by himself. You know, the problem isn't the big 10. I, I got to be so clear with that. Our issues the last couple of years have not been the big 10 because if they were, then we wouldn't have been swept by a really crappy Colorado team. We wouldn't have lost to Troy. Yeah. We wouldn't have lost to Georgia Southern. Yeah. Um, you know, we wouldn't have lost to Northern Illinois for cripe sakes. Our problem is not the big 10. The problem, the last God knows how many years has been Nebraska. Yeah. And what I like about Trev is Trev came in here and I think he he took his time. He was thorough with what we needed, but it was identifying that we have to fix us. And that's a that's a harder to be quite honest. That's harder than anything else to do is to really, truly look at yourself. We've tried everything. We've hired. Hey, go out. What we need is a longtime college football coach that has a lot of P5 experience. Cool. We did that. We, we got Riley. No, we need a Husker guy. That's what we need. Oh, great. Mm. We, we hired Frost. Right. No, we need a defensive guru. Well, you got Polini. He just won the national championship at LSU. Yeah. We need a pro guy. Well, we got this guy, Callahan. He came in here. He was just in the Super Bowl a year ago. Like, you, know, you, need better, you need better coordinators. Well, we got the Broyles Award winner as the defensive coordinator, and he's I We were three shows into doing a red cast back in 2017. The top tight end recruit. Has he even been on the field? I, I mean, I, stuff like that happens to us continuously. Well, I made the statement, or probably our third show back in 2017. I made the statement about the defensive coaching staff at that time, and that was the spring of, of, uh, of uh, oh, God, what? The, 18? I can't. Who's the defensive coordinator that we brought in? That was Diaco. Diaco. God, I was the scorpion on the yeah. toad. So or tr- or, yeah. I made the statement at that time that I go, this could be the best defense. <laughs> I bet. I look. I said it could be the best defensive staff that we've had since, uh, you know, the McBride years. Yeah. And I, I will stand by the individually. Those guys look. Trent Bray 
was our linebackers great. coach. He's, he's doing he great. Went, and Bob Elliott, who passed away a couple months after Bob I said Elliott that. A, Bob Elliott, I, I love the guy. I had That's a, legit. I had a guy. I had a pork chop dinner with him at the coaches clinic yeah. and, and talked with him for 30 minutes. That's not in window. And he was, pork chop and he was an Iowa guy. And I'll tell you what, I absolutely love Bob Elliott. Great guy. Yeah. Um, but when I said that I was talking about him, I was talking about John Torella on the defensive line. Mm. Um, the, the defensive backs coach that went on to be at USC. I can't even think of his Williams. name now. Uh, Williams. Dante. 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 Um, you know, we're talking and, and Diaco was a Broyles winner. And my point is, individually there were a lot of great parts great coaches but the between the fit and between it just not being the rights you know we were switching from the four three to the three yeah. four and, and all that it didn't work so they're good parts those parts have gone on to do not great only things did other work, places but it was so stunningly, weird on top of it stunningly it how like, bad it is do you remember that spring game that we didn't actually play the three, four defense that we were going to yeah. play all season long because Diaco was afraid <laughs> that film was going to get out. <laughs> and it, the mystery that was his defense that year would have been cracked before the first game. Feel the strain, like, boys. Feel that strain. So my, like, and, oh my God. And my point what would have happened if we would have done and that? And this ties it all back into what we talked about at the beginning here when you're trying to build this staff. Yes, it makes sense. Go hire Orgeron to be your O-line coach. Go hire this guy. Go hire this guy. You write it on paper, and it looks great on paper. How's it going to fit? How's it going to work together? I, I will stand by the fact that that defensive staff in 2017 <clears throat> is a bunch of really good coaches. I, I don't have any issue with, individually with any one of those guys. <laughs> Maybe Diago. Well, Diago for sure, Maybe though. Diago. But the, they're really good coaches. It didn't work together. It didn't fit. What's, I mean, I mean you look at like Whipple. Different. Whipple this year is like a perfect example of that too. It's like, oh, now we're just going to go hire like the one sort of hot coach who, who yeah. coached an NFL first rounder, and like you know, let's bring that offense here. It just didn't work. It did. I think Apple White's. A, I, I like Apple White as a running back coach. I think he's a good running back coach. And Rayola as an offensive line coach gets crapped on because our O line had struggles this year. But that boy. As we just found out that he's uh, going to be the the offensive line coach, it sounds like that's kind of crazy. Well, that 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 sort of shocks me. If all the position coaches going into this coaching hire, sure, who would you have picked to be retained? Let's let, we'll take Mickey Joseph out, out of the equation. Yeah, but out of all the other assistants, would you have said Raiola would have been the would have been the coach that's retained? Because he's probably going to be it. Like that's, well, he, he is he, definitely going to be that, it. That's he was, it. He was the so only one. Is he, the only, is he the one you guys would have picked? To me, that is. That was a long shot to well, me. I don't know. I, I mean, think, it's, I, I guess the only defense of him is that was, has he been given like a proper shot? Well, like, I know, but he, I would have said he showed up to campus in like July. And then it was, but like, I would have said Bush improved it, special Bush, teams and yeah, defense. Yeah. 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 And yeah still yeah. got let go. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. and was a hell of a recruiter. You know, like, like to me, I thought Bush was like, there seemed to be no effort, no, no upswell of like, let's keep Bush. But Bush was gone. Becton was a guy that had kind of produced at his position, I would say. Um, even Applewhite to some degree with the running yeah. back, but but the the line was the most maligned and criticized position. But you of, know what? The offense. But you know what? And for that coach to be retained, but kind of blows I, my mind. But for me, I didn't malign him. I maligned well, the offensive coordinator. I I, I maligned I mean, what we did because when you think about what what is an offensive line coach tasked with doing, getting your players to perform at a higher level, how many offsides and the and the amount of mental errors that we used to have, like when we went and played Oklahoma. In in Norman, and before we even snapped the first time, we already had two pre-snap penalties before, and it was first and twenty yeah, right. for for Martinez. A lot of that stuff got better. Now, but that to I me, didn't. But that to me isn't 
that to me is is but the is discipline is, versus talent. In, but in, but an, an assistant coach is about discipline. He's not calling the X's and O's. And every time that I yelled at, why are you in the pocket again and again and again? I'm not yelling at Riola. I'm yelling at Whipple. So those are the things there were. I think Riola was hired to do something by Frost that was very different than what his job ended up being yeah. once Frost was no longer here. And so that doesn't defend it or, or whatever, but um, you know, look, well, it, it, look, I, it, this is what I'll say about coaches. Good coaches make good decisions. I think that rules a good coach rule had an opportunity to hire a lot of different offensive line coaches. I have no doubt if he chose Rayola. Well, and that's fine. If he chose him, but, I think that makes just, just between the three of us though, <laughs> never, just between the three of us and whoever's listening though, who here raised your hand thought that, that Raiola was going to be the coach that was retained. Oh, if you're saying all of them, if you're saying there was only one, which is one guy, be, there's only it would have been one Mickey. guy retained. Who's picking Raiola? It would have been Mickey. Is who it would have been Mickey. Mickey. And if it wouldn't have been Mickey, it would have been for me. It would have been Bush. And if it wouldn't have been Bush, it would have been Becton. And if it wouldn't have been Becton, it would have been Applewhite because of running back. Maybe like keeping AJ Allen or something like that. I would have gone like four or five coaches before I would have got to Raiola. I'm not saying it right. I constantly tell everybody who ever would listen to me. I don't know shit about football, <laughs> and I've been wrong. A, 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 mostly, I'm wrong. I mean, that's but, the hard. The hard thing about this entire fan base we've been, we've all been wrong for like 20 well, years. You know, every like, every every idea every single one of us has had has been the wrong greatest for the last defensive coach. The greatest defensive coaching staff at Nebraska since McBride is 2017. I'm telling yeah. you right now, and I think I know my stuff. Right? No, I, I get it. You run over some right, and here's the reality that. We're going to find out if these are successful moves or not. There's no reason getting too worked up today. If you really wanted, well, there really isn't. If you that, really, that's a hundred. If you really true. wanted no this, reason to get worried about. You it. really wanted this guy to be the O line coach. You really wanted that guy to be the defensive coordinator. You really wanted this guy to be the head coach. Whoever it is, I don't care. There's no reason getting too worked up today because the success or not success is going to. It, wasn't made now it's going to be made two and three years yeah. down the road that's yeah. when we're going to find out if it's right, right or not yeah we, we just we kind of crapped on the, the Dion thing Dion can prove all of us wrong man he can go out there and win a whole bunch of games the next two years he could and you that's know, that's what's going to determine it you know what might be more important than who the offensive line coach is the fact that people buy pipeline jerky Pipe. No, 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 no shit though. But no shit. Like maybe the fact that we can offer these young men more money to come here and play matters a little bit more than the the, the offensive line coach that runs them through drills, you know, throughout the week. Yeah. I mean, well, we I need guess, the talent for. I'm, I understand. It's all. It's all. It's all of it together, which is why. But it is I mean, all of it together because that's where, like, I mean, look at Texas A and M. I mean, that 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 to me is forever going to be held up as like the. You know, they spent what 10, 15 million dollars on all their players. They had the best recruiting cast. Real they called it the best recruiting cast ever, ever. Like that's the best team that has ever been compiled, and they didn't make a bowl game. So, you know, that's the flip side of everything else. Of like, you know, you can get good players, you can get phenomenal mm-hmm. players, but if you have Jimbo Fisher as your coach, like it's not going to do anything. Well, but that's a national championship coach there. But yeah, and, and and they can sit there, and I'm sure there's somebody down there. I I kind of crapped on the Big Ten a little bit there. You know, hey, Big Ten's so great. I'm sure somebody down there is like, well, look at look at A and M. I mean, that's what happens when you're in the SEC. Well, they lost to Appalachian State, yeah. and so you know, you, you're going to lose if you play yeah. bad football. If you play bad football, you're going to lose football games. And, and I don't care who you're playing. And what I want to see, and this is where I'm fine with the Rayola. I didn't see Rayola. I didn't see the the O line missing assignments necessarily as much as i oh, saw i i had some get overpowered or some get, some some's overpowered some of it's really some i had, just go like this yeah i had you x's know. and o i had x's and o's issues with what we were doing I, I and i was very outspoken with that with whipple 
all off, all season. For sure, let me say this. I don't know what Donovan Rivola was asked to do. I don't know what he was asked to coach. It's the same thing you can make the argument with, like, uh, 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 not Zach Darlington. Who's a who's a strength coach? Um, oh, Duvall. Zach Duvall. You can make the same argument. Zach Darlington is a quarterback. For I know. I know. Like nine years concussion. ago, <laughs> it wasn't that long ago. <laughs> but but like you can make the same argument with the strength coach getting can. It was like, well, what was he being asked to create? The same thing with the offensive line coach. Sure. What's he being asked to do with these guys? Is he is he is he coming through with what the what the head coach asked him to do? Now, if that's kind of he must have interviewed. Crazy well. I mean, let's be no, honest. Anthony Hayek, I feel like Rule is trying to play some 4D chess, trying to get Dylan here. Um, hey, Tony, you're not even wrong. Because because it's a really good question. Because how do you even, as to a get resume, D- to, get Dylan, to, to get Dylan to be one of the guys who goes, hey, I should be considered. My, my position group did really well last year. <clears throat> no, it didn't. Not at all. It didn't do very well at all. There was other groups that did a lot better. The quarterback position did better. The wide receiver position did way better. The defensive back position did way better. The linebackers probably did way better. The line certainly was not one of the best groups to do. I'll, I'll just and, say, and for him to get the get job, come on. Am I am I alone here? Is it weird that he got the job? I, I'll just say you and I will look at this differently. Oh, I, will, I, well, I just I will frame I look, it for me. I, I, I've I've been framing it all year on the redcast. Is that. And I've I've been a bit of an O line apologist. This is Matt's rule. Well, that's Matt's <laughs> rule. And, and my thing is, from an X's and O standpoint, set your guys up for success. When we line up under center on the first play against Minnesota, and we get in an A set and we run for twenty yards. When we're pulling guys, and you see what the offensive line does well. I mean, my goodness, heaven forbid, Zach Weger just got you know inducted into the, the College Football Hall of Fame, and I'd like to see what that offense would have done in nineteen ninety four if we'd have done forty drop back passes a game. I want to be so. So yeah. it's always about putting your guys in the right, right fit. No. I've always said with with a quarterback is the same thing too. If you go and you draft Peyton Manning and then you run 30 options in a game with Peyton Manning and you lose nobody should, and, and and it looks like garbage nobody after the game should go we need to fire Peyton Manning we need to bench him he's not a good quarterback you would fire the offensive coordinator and go why are you running 30 options with Peyton Manning and so find out what you guys do well yeah. and, and run yeah. to your strengths i didn't think you know what we were not a great pocket passing team there i i i said it it's it's an amazing statement we were not a great pocket passing O line, and yet uh, that's what we seemed to. I could tell you when we were going to get a hundred percent when we were running issues, but there were times that they looked good doing other things. We pulled yeah. and we did some things there too. So, you know, that's the challenger. But this is what I love about Matt's rule. I mean, it is December sixth. We we're gone for a hundred, you know, for an hour twenty here. Uh, you know, we've had people, you know. Throwing in questions and all that. In the beginning, did we? I don't remember answering any questions. I I know I answered much, but you know what I love about this is that the the redcast. Everyone that's watching here, watch the Go Big Redcast. What we do on a weekly basis. I mean, it is. I think it's it's a, a premier show. We put together, you know, quite a show. A lot of research. Dave Boomer, Redcast Rob. What we throw together analytics. there, analytics, we, we get you know guests on. I, I'm proud of the product, just like Dave, what you've done with Husky, you're proud of the product. I'm proud of the product that we put out there. Matt's Rule is a different show because we literally have no agenda. There's nothing. It's I mean, fresh. It's this is, this is produce, right? I, there's no graphics that we threw up we, other we, than we our, don't know what's going to happen. And uh, Dave, it's exactly what I expected to happen too, which is go for an hour and twenty, and we could go another hour and I mean, twenty. I'm not even. I'm not but, even ruling out. Going longer, I just I, I'm out of ice. <laughs> well, it is. I mean, it is pretty cool for you guys. I mean, it's like 
I think I probably was on your show probably five years ago. Um, mm-hmm. And it was like, you know, the, how far do you guys have progressed to the fact that you've got a pretty established audience that's dialing in and listening to a live show from where it was when, I mean, you used to, you used to edit your videos for like 16 hours. And you're like, when's it going live? When's it going live? When's it going live? And you're like, well, oh, it'll, be, perfect. Shut it'll up, be live. It'll be live on Thursday. And then like by Thursday, like half the stuff I'd said was already like completely outdated. You know, I was like, this guy's an idiot. He's, but like, I mean, the fact that you've even figured out the technology and you've got like a pretty established audience and you've got a great following. I mean, it's cool. I mean, it's, I'm glad I made friends with you guys when I did because I feel like if I came on now, you'd be like, "Who's oh. what's this guy? It's like, what's going on?" <laughs> have, you ever, have you ever thought, Dave, about what it's going to be like when we do start winning games? Oof. I mean, oh my god! I mean, the, the 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 amount of fun I'm having right now with at IO's expense is, I mean, it's it's seven years worth of it. Yeah, I'm responding to every comment. I've, and, and I've, had, to, I've had to I've had to unmute and unblock like <laughs> 600 people because I keep getting thing. like. I keep yep. getting like attacked. You know, people are like tagging me into things and be like, oh, shoot, I blocked that guy. I can't even see what it is. So I'm like unblocking yep. it. I'm like, yep. oh, yes. Yep. Yes, here I come. Here I come. Here but I Dave, come. Dave, Dave, Dave. But it's Black not- Friday was weeks ago. When is, when's it going to be over? I mean, come on. No, you no, know, never. The, the, win, the win happened oh, weeks ago. When's it over, Dave? Dude, I, I mean, I'm 360 more days, man. I mean, whatever the next game is, like, I'm right. I mean, I'm gonna ride. I like Iowa jokes are my number one best hit on on every single one I pump out. Is like a number one bestseller. It's like this is it's just a fastball the rest of the off season. It hits every time. I love it. I love it. I love it so much. Plus, you're cheeky, funny. You're like you're so good about like not saying a lot, but saying just enough to just like all oh, the screws were turned on that one. I could feel it for him. Oh, like, oh that one hurt. This is like, I'm terrible. And I, I, and I just I relish it now, Matthew, my friend. I'm terrible. This social media this, this man on the right here, he is I'm a terrible. sensitive soul. He doesn't want to hurt fans. No, and, I, love it. and like he wants. It takes I'm me. It, 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 it takes me twelve way. hours to send a tweet because I, I have know, to rewrite but it. I like, like I like I like the fire. I like I like I'm, like when you guys. Oh. Oh, it just it hits every time, and it's but, like, like you know, what sells on social media is 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 controversy and drama and like a little edge. And so, like, I mean, we, we get tens of thousands of replies every day, I, and I scroll through all of them, and it's chaos. But I pick out the like it's I like I I thrive on like the one or two Iowa fans, and there's such a there's such a minority. Yeah. Like the bad fans on both fan bases are such a minority, but I dig yeah. them out. I like search and scroll and scroll and scroll and I find him and I'm like, here he is. This is make the him guy. defend him. Yeah, oh, this is the guy. Deep. I found him. Like this is so blast. like you gotta yeah. pull him out of his cellar. You gotta you gotta <laughs> tease him out a little bit. You tease him out. Yeah. And then you just like as soon as I like quote tweet one, it's like you know, it's like the hounds like descend <sighs> on this poor guy and he just gets like eviscerated. And then Boy, I just sit there amazing. and I like eat my popcorn and I like read all the replies as this poor guy like just gets like abused by Husker fans. But that like what's crazy about that, we haven't been able to do that in a decade. For a decade. Because wins matter. Forever. Wins matter. I, I can't say I hate PJ Fleck. I can't say anything about the guy. He owns us. Like I, I have I have had 700 PJ Fleck jokes teed up in the chamber in my drafts for years. <laughs> I can't say anything. But it's like my, you finally get a win. It's like, okay, I, I haven't said anything about Wisconsin since 2012. <laughs> like, that's crazy. It's like, no shit. so they're just well, like not even – that's not even a fan base I engage with. But, like, Iowa's like, here we go. 
Like well, that was the thing. All the Iowa fans would say, "Hey, we beat you seven straight times." I'm like, "Cool." So is Wisconsin. So is Ohio State. So is Texas. I mean, you're, you're and you know, but now Minnesota's Minnesota's beat us four straight times. I mean, the the problem one and is, we're one and zero against Iowa, right? And if they want, if, if, hey, look, hey, look, hey, look, robbed a banner from them. That's the if best they, part. If they want to live in the past, banner. if they want to live in the past, they can live in the past. But I'm focusing on the present. We just beat them this That's year, right. so you know, yeah. I, living in the past, guys. In, in in all in all honesty, Iowa fans, I had to I had to talk myself into getting excited about that victory. Now, like I mean, like because I was so disappointed with how the season went, but I thought about it, I'm like, well, it's can good we talk to about s- can we talk about the game good. itself? Oh, sure, I would hey, dude, love to. We have. No I mean, ad- no did you not want to like stab yourself in the fourth quarter as we were winning twenty four nothing? And it was just like coming back, and I was like, I like couldn't breathe. Like I was hyperventilating, just like I can't make another off season if we lose this game. We are a three and eight team going into that game. I'm in, I'm at my sister's house in Columbus, Black Friday, obviously, and I am not going to get excited. I I'm I'm going to just gonna watch it. I'm going to listen to you guys. Yeah, talk. go for Keep it. Going. Go for it. I I'm not going to get excited, and I told myself this. And the first half, I mean, we're up 17 nothing, And I'm still like, nope, they're going to come back. We're going to blow it. We're going to figure out some way. Don't get excited. And my mom's sitting next to me, and she's just going crazy the way that, that Marty goes crazy. And and um, it, was the set, it was the third quarter. It's when he dropped that punt, and they made that mistake. And, we, and that's when I got totally invested. I was like, oh, my God, they made the mistake. They fumbled it. I mean, we had three straight years of terrible special oh, teams yeah. gaffes against them. They finally did it. This is the year we're going to get them, and I got into it at twenty-four to nothing, and then the the the, the bottom collapsed, and everything starts falling out. And it's like, oh my god, they're going to come back and have the biggest comeback in Iowa football history is going to be on our expense. Mm-hmm. And when it got to that point, I got in the car. Sorry, <laughs> it's okay. That's just Mac. That's Mac. That's Mac giving himself a pour there. And I just got in a car and I drove to Columbus's Walmart. And I just sat in the in the, the parking lot and listened to it on the radio. It was old school Husker stuff. You just I had to get away from people. I, I didn't want to see it. I wanted to just listen to Damon Benning okay. and, and, and Greg Sharp. Tell, a, tell me what's going on. This is a great question. So so okay, we beat Iowa. That was of utmost importance. We were we were gone into the season, into the season saying between Iowa and Wisconsin, we gotta win one of those games. Probably Minnesota, we were putting up this too, but of those three, like we want to win one. Oh, of you got to win. We, Iowa. we actually beat Iowa. The, here's the and be- we beat Iowa and we cost it, them because it wasn't like Iowa was six and five and maybe they're going to go to a bowl game, but maybe a shittier bowl game or whatever. They had a chance. At yes, the West. I was rooting. And we robbed them. I was with rooting. a turd team and an interim coach in a terrible tumultuous time. We stole that from him. And for me, so delicious. Like, the, the more the more I think about that, the more I, I form that into this little thought bubble. It's so savory. I can only imagine that if anybody from like an Iowa fan base was listening right now, the pit in your stomach right now has got to be god awful. Well, you're going to a meaningless bowl right now. Like, well, we're going to a bowl game, but you're not. I'm like, don't care. You're not going to play for anything. You'll probably hang a banner for it, but it's not desirable. It's, it's still it's the best. It's it's incredible. Yeah. And the fact that you can finish your season, like, I mean, you think about we haven't finished our season on a high note in seven years. It's Forever. Like, uh, you know, seven no, years. And so now you get to do it and you finally get to have that one and all. Like it's it's very similar almost to like 
they're not quite on the same level of like the Pelini winning that Arizona bowl game of like that, that momentum, like builds Johnny GBR there, man. Johnny's on the yeah, house. Johnny's, Johnny's up. Late. He's been extra funny on Twitter. Listen, it, it, and you're funny. right. I, I tend to be the friendlier of the, of the type. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to give appreciate an, your friendliness, I'm going to so. give an olive branch to the Iowa fans here. Uh, I will. I, I, this is what I do. Hey, I'm okay. part, I'm part of the show too. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, it's all right. Look, right. this. I'm going to say something that I didn't want to admit ten years ago. It's oh. it's a rivalry. Oh, it's mm. a rivalry. I'm giving you that. If there was one game that I would have told you at the beginning of the season I wanted to win more than anything else, it was Iowa. And you know, Boomers yeah, for sure. That's Stein there, yeah. But it's absolutely Iowa, and we couldn't afford to lose them to them again. We need to win that game, and that's exactly what we did. And. uh it was an unbelievable finish to the season. And so now, the, through scheduling, the way that scheduling is weird with the Big Ten right now, next season we play Wisconsin again at home. So mm-hmm. we get them two years in a row in Lincoln, and we get Iowa back in Lincoln nice. so basically to end next season. Um, this gets back to let's let's finish the talk. Or let's quick. get towards I, I, finishing I'm, the talk. I'm, let's talk about next season. I have a question. Just so I'm, 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 no, I'm go for it. Go for it. My head. In the seven straight times that Iowa beat us, of those times, how many times did they win the West? Well, they uh, they would have won the West in 2015 when they went 12 and 0, playing nobody from the East and nobody in non conference because that happens every year for them. And then, so that was, and then was, they also that... last year when they went and lost 42 to three to Michigan in the conference championship. Okay. My biggest thing with Iowa is I was that they won the I, conference title. Oh time? hell, hell no! So I in was the entire rooting, time that they beat us in the seventh, the seven. They've game, never, they've never won really. They've a never. Title or, well, the West hasn't won a, a conference championship. But my thing with uh, whoops, yeah, I mean, <laughs> look, my, I was rooting bigger in life for Iowa to still make it to the championship game. I wanted them desperately to get the opportunity to play Michigan once again because what we what we've learned <laughs> this turned into an Iowa bashing thing, which again, it's a rivalry. We're gonna bash them. If well, I was don't watching, lose the game if you don't want to get bashed. Well, if I was watching an Iowa, Jesus. I would never watch an Iowa, um, you know, a uh, uh, podcast. But if I was, I would expect them to be bashing Nebraska. I would. I mean, of um, course they would. That's how they gain relevance. <laughs> well, up until they <laughs> lost to us. And now you've got nothing. But let's go to a bull game. But let's look at next season. Like I said, my expectation for next season is to make a bowl game. So there. Again, I'm 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 an olive branch guy. I'm 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 looking at this and I'm I still am envious of what Iowa's so, done. They get to play in a bowl game. We don't. So your and, first year expectation for a brand new coach is to get to what to, Iowa did with their coach that they've had for years just this last year. Well, you said that I didn't. No, I'm yeah. just asking like yeah. so so I can frame it. Probably. I mean, if we went seven and five, which I would, is what which is what Iowa did. I oh, would, okay. I would accept a okay. seven and five season for a first year coach. Cool. For yeah. a first year coach. I call that somewhat successful. All right. Dave, I'll, I'll hand that over to you. What do you want? You know, what's, what is an expectation for next season for you? Um, obviously Kool-Aid and off season, we're going to have a great off season, but I mean, what do you really want to see year one of rule? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm looking at the schedule. I'm just adding up the wins I'm at. <laughs> It comes out to thirteen for some reason. I don't know. I'm at, I mean, I, 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 I'm I'm realist. I'm at ten. I think that's realist. The uh, oh, the, the comment there at the bottom. It's a re- damn it, Rob <laughs> Jeffrey. Remember, Rob is the one running the back end here. So um, Rob's always the one running the back end. <laughs> no, I mean, Rob's I think like you know, you're obviously like looking for improvements. You're looking for 
you know, I think you're spot on. If he pulls like a one and 11 or two and 10, it's going to be like, you're going to have some That's a problem. problems. Especially if you, I mean, if you look at this, it's like that means you've lost to Deanna, Colorado. That means you've lost to Northern Illinois. You've yeah. lost to Louisiana Tech. You know, you've lost to Illinois, Northwestern, Purdue, Michigan State. We play those four in a row. That's so I, you know, I think there's like an element there where um, the bar is so low. It's so low, right? It is. It, 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 to me, That's- it's like, you know, you see the feel of joy of us. We're celebrating a four and eight season because we just beat Iowa, right? Like you, mm-hmm. you don't have to win that many games to truly get this fan base going, right? You beat Colorado, you beat Northern Illinois, you beat Louisiana Tech, probably lose to Michigan. But then it's like if you could beat Illinois, which shouldn't be that hard. Right. And then you beat Northwestern and then Purdue, like Michigan State, Maryland. You know, it's just these games. And like even Wisconsin, who's going to be with a new coach mm-hmm. and without their defensive coordinator because he's going to be our defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I guess that, that that to me is where I like always struggle with these games. Is it's like when you when you come into the season, they're like, "Well, Illinois got beat," and it's like Illinois stinks. They they lost, they beat us, and then they lost like the next three games. Like all of these teams stink. Michigan State stinks. Maryland stinks. Purdue is not good. Northwestern is one and eleven. Like all of these teams stink. I just I refuse to believe that like we can't go into these games. It's like, oh, watch out for Illinois. Like I'm not gonna watch out for Illinois. Like I, <laughs> <laughs> it's what what are but- we doing? But but Dave, we've lost to them. So did we stink? Yes, yes. we stink very go. much. We stink a lot. There you go. But, no, but that's just it, though. Right? That's the thing. If we if we can, can just unstink, that. if we can unstink, you win eight games. Period. Like just unstink. But Dave, that's not even wrong because we clearly have stunk. We've stunk. Yeah. We've done things that are stupid football plays. We have lost games despite our talent, despite the level of coach, and we've lost games it's in, the, in the most bizarre and weird way for us to make a turnaround. We're talking to like this much. That's, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, this is the worst, this is the worst season we've ever had. The worst team we've ever had. And we, we were up 14 to three in Wisconsin in the fourth quarter. Right. We're beating, right. we're, we shut out Minnesota in the first half. We shut out Iowa in the first half. And this is the yeah. worst team we've we're ever had. 11 points on Northwestern when we kicked the stupid onside. 11 yeah, points against Northwestern when you kicked the onside. Like, you're in every – we're not getting obliterated the way that, like, some of those Riley teams, like, got obliterated. Or even the Callahan years, and we were losing <laughs> by 70 points. This is like – you're up 14-3. to three. If you just punt or kneel the rest of the game, you win the game. And, like, you know, and you almost give away the Iowa game. It's so crazy. It's just like – I. it just seems like we're not that – we're not that far – Wait, I think we're no. we're very far from Ohio State. Very far. We're very far from Michigan, but we're not far from beating Northwestern and Georgia Southern and Purdue and Michigan State and Maryland. And it's like this conference is not good. But yes, we're very far from Michigan. Maybe Ohio State for sure. Very far. But we're not very far from a from a substantially better record yeah. overall. You know what I mean? Like we could get to eight, nine, possibly ten. That doesn't mean we're we're Michigan. That doesn't mean we're Ohio State. But if we got to ten wins, then we're we're on the precipice of changing. I mean, this year is a narrative. joke. Like when you look in the back, when you look back at this, it's like Georgia Southern ended up stinking, and I thought that was like the greatest Georgia Southern team in the history sure. of football. Oklahoma finished terrible. Northwestern didn't win another game. Like all of these teams, like we talked about the Nebraska curse, which was certainly like a funny joke on, but it was more like, no, we just lost two horrible teams. And, and what I would say, the same thing is like, I think the big tens as a whole, I think is good, but I think it's very lopsided at the, you know, it's top, it's top heavy. 
I mean, those top two teams aren't getting challenged. Or the top two or three teams aren't getting challenged by all the other eight or nine. They're really not. They're no. winning all those games, which is so similar to the SEC. The yeah. SEC is the same thing. Oh, my gosh, Alabama wins all these championships. The SEC is great. No. The SEC, you know, look at the SEC championships of the last 10, 12 years. They're completely lopsided. The, the you know, whoever the dominant team of that of that time is, which is usually Alabama, is destroying the other team. Well, what happened last week? Georgia destroys LSU. They're, yeah. you know, for being this deep, great conference, um, they aren't very good. You know, here's AM beating the West champion LSU, and AM loses earlier that year to Appalachian State. So the point is, is that I'm not a I'm not a Big Ten you know history guy that that that's not my thing I don't it, I, we should be beating the teams that we're losing to more times than not we should nobody no Nebraska fan thought that we'd come into the Big Ten and the record that we've had against Illinois Northwestern Purdue is abysmal it's so bad it's so bad so bad that that that's that's different from the Minnesota Wisconsin and Iowa I'm talking like there are teams that we should be beating. Every single time, you know, 90% of the time, and we are 90% of the time losing right now to them. That's got to end. And that's going to, I mean, that's got to be able to end. No, sure. We, recruiting wise, we beat them. So, but, anyways, but it's even next year. Like, I mean, you look at like how cursed we've been as a program the last five, six years. It's like, I mean, the fact that Nebraska is the only team that, or was it like one of the only power five teams that has made a bowl game the last five years? It's, it's the like, only. We're like, the only. Once Kansas got there. Now the Kansas. Like that that's so insane to me that like the fact that we haven't just accidentally I mean we haven't just accidentally beat somebody you know it's like Northwestern has beat Ohio State multiple times Purdue always Look comes what out Kansas State does every what, three what Kansas years. State does what, what Kansas just did this year it's like the fact that we couldn't just accidentally stumble into like a couple big wins and caught you know caught Wisconsin on a bad week you know and the fact that we haven't done that in 7 years is it's so beyond cursed that's like you don't even know how to put words to it. No, how did how right. do we not stumble into any of these wins the way that any of these you know Michigan State stumbles into an eleven win yep. or ten win season last year? It's yep. like, but we Indiana can't even stumble into like we can't even Indiana. stumble into like one win. Now I'm not even talking about stumbling into a ten win season. It's like just catch catch Wisconsin on a bad week, catch Iowa on a bad week, yep. catch like Minnesota on a bad week, and like we sort of just get. <laughs> like, you would almost have to say this this the the, the game against Iowa this. Black Friday was the closest we've ever come to that. Yeah, really. that's it. Like, After where, where, we, where we beat a team like nobody expected us to beat, really. And that team had something on the line. That that, that team had yeah. there was something of consequence yeah. to play for, and we beat them. That is like in the Frost era. That's it. I mean, that really is it. We I know we beat Michigan State one time when they were ranked, but that was at home, and really nothing was on the line yeah. yet. Iowa had something to play for, and they lost. And they lost in their home in the turf, and that was yeah, their, that se- was, their and, senior day. And they and lost. They lost to a team that was not only in transition, but had an interim coach. That it, it, it's kind of crazy to me that that I haven't felt more emotional about the game. But to me, again, that speaks to the fact that I'm a Nebraska fan and not an Iowa fan. The fact is, I I don't want to get that excited about an Iowa victory beyond the fact that they should never beat us. And it irritates me that they we're, we're having a conversation about them beating us, and I. I know Iowa fans out there, you can you're gonna throw the record in my face for the last seven years. But what I'm telling you is this if we were to maintain the level that Iowa had maintained for the last X amount of years that Nebraska has also sucked, 
As Nebraska fans, we would have been disappointed with the fact that we hadn't won any conference titles yeah, well, during that same time. That, you guys have won enough games to win a conference title, and yet you haven't. Th- that's the Bo Pelini thing. I mean, for seven years, we went 9-4, and 10-4. We played in three conference championships in seven seasons in two different conferences, and he still got fired for you know a number of reasons. But the point is, you know, I mean, that's – I was done no better than what Bo Pelini did for seven years. I mean, nine and four and ten and four is basically what Iowa football is, and and that we we aspire to something better. And and and, right. and whether and look, it's it's bit us in the butt at times too. We've made some fires that we would look back and say we probably shouldn't have done. But at the end of the day, look, what I love about Husker football is that I can we can find so many guys that want to talk football with us, and maybe that's something that we'll do with Matt's rules is that. Um, you know, over time we'll find guys that, you know, if there's other people that want to join us, sometimes it's going to be just you and I, Dave, I'd love to have you back on a routine well, basis. We'll definitely because have Dave back because the shit, I mean, everything's ascending right now. Everything is. It's the best time of year. We are a hundred minutes into this. I love it. I love it. This is what Matt's rule. This is what Matt's rule do. Matt's rule started with you and I going to the bar down Hickman and we'd sit down at a bar and we'd just start talking football. And by, by the time we got done about a hundred minutes in the, you know, one, two hours in, we'd have 10, 12 guys sitting at the table with us. We don't know who half of them are, and they're just, they just want to talk football with us. Um, and so I thank all the Redcasters, Matt Rulers, I don't know, Husk Guy followers, whatever we want to call, call them. Whoever, rulers? Or followers? Rulers? rulers? Whoever's following, you know, Ooh, following along right so now, much. thank you for following along with us. Um, this has been a blast. This is exactly what I hope it is. Uh, and these are going to be some random shows. This one we, we planned because it was show number one. I swear to God, there's going to be times where you you might get five minutes notice. Mac's going to yeah. come down. We're going to have a drink. And we're going to be like, let's just go live. In the comment uh, section below, you know, leave links and we can hit you guys up before we go live. So we make sure if you guys want to see yeah. it, just to make sure. But just in the comments below, leave some links so we can hit you before we do it. But but he's right. We're uh, we're a spontaneous group of guys. Next uh, week, we, Matt's rule will be live from Honky's Hot Tub. It could be. We don't even know. In fact, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Matt's rule in 10 minutes from now could be in the Honky's Hot Tub. We be, don't care. It could be in the Hot Tub. There'll be no shame in our game. Dave, um, I, I don't I don't know how to end this. It's our, it's our first show. But what, I'm going to do the same thing. You know what? This is where the red cast kind of crosses over here. I'm going to do the same thing with a parting shot. I don't know how else to end this. So I'll start with you, Matt. Oh, God. And, You're going to do the same thing with a parting shot, but start with me. Well, because I always want I want our guests to be the, the final say. So right. I'm going to end a, a parting shot with you and then uh, with Dave. And there's no pressure, Okay, Matt. all right. I have no, we're I just, we're just no. all looking at you. I, I don't feel any pressure. <laughs> I, I have 100% faith in Husker Nation and Husker fan base, despite what what others may tell you. I, I understand that we're going to go out there when we see the head coach and we see the assistant coaches, we're going to welcome them to Lincoln, welcome them to Nebraska and tell them to do the best they can. All I'm going to say is just continue to do that. Continue to be the best fan base in college football. And, and that's really all we can do. When we talk to our man, Dave here, that's what he's doing. He's putting out his positive energy and it's all for the program. It's all for the betterment of Nebraska football. And there's just that's that's so fun to me. That's so enjoyable to me that we you can you can meet a guy that you never knew, and and we're and we're connecting on this this one basis. Like let's get better at football. Matthew, oh hey Tony, I love you, brother. 
But anyway, that's all I want to say. Who get don't don't get hung up on the on the assistant coach hires and whatever thing. Like no one's gonna be able to tell you anything. We're gonna have to see it on the field. So let's just wait till we see it on the field before we make any real strong comments about who got hired, when they got hired, what kind of recruiter they are, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. See, Rayola, I agree with you. Rayola's a good hire. I didn't so, say that. <laughs> I said wow. <laughs> I hope he is, though. I, I mean, I, I, like, I do, he, that, 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 perfectly to my point, though. I'm not rooting against Raiola. Sure. I'm like, I'm, I'm excited. To, I'm just surprised. I'm like, wow, you would. That tells me actually that Rule is giving a fair interview to guys and letting them lay out their vision and say, oh, you, you match my vision. Come on board. That's yeah. great. I love. It. I love it. I hear some rapper. I think that's somebody kind of you know going through his. Uh, Going through his beef jerky here. Oh, uh, that protein. How much protein have you just ingested, bro? Dude, I'm like starving. I mean, I'm, I mean, I didn't know. <laughs> didn't know it was going to be an hour, like two hours. It so, actually is legit delicious. So that, cultivating oh, mass dude. as we speak. Dave, he, Dave, probably, he probably put in like 28 grams of protein let, just right now. Let me say this. Before, you know, before uh, I hand it over to you, Dave, you sent us a whole bunch of the, the packages that we, we threw out at the uh, varsity club when we did the show a couple weeks ago. And, well, we ate a couple of them for you. There you the, go. The the bar- honey barbecue one is just amazing. That's Very amazing. Good. But the the other one's the peppercorn. Peppercorn. peppercorn uh, what's a is it just peppercorn or what do you what do you it call it? Peppercorn. Beef jerky, peppercorn. So this one's pork. There's pork, uh, honey barbecue, yeah. and then there's a uh, beef jerky peppercorn. Both Wait, are very good. We're talking two different varieties. We, we ate. We ate. So That's you sent us like I think like ten or twelve bags. We ate three of them on the way to Omaha when we went to Hill Varsity Club and uh, threw out the other nine. But they were they're awesome. They are Again. great beef jerky. Again, so people who like beef jerky, you know, you're I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with like Trader Joe's or uh, who's the who's the who's the big bag one. Uh, you know what I'm talking about, but, <laughs> but it doesn't really matter. The, the tenderness of this beef jerky is is, is on par with that. This isn't Very like good. Jack Link where you're going to get a piece of leather boot. It's all <laughs> it's all like that. There's similar. It's very consistent throughout the whole badge, the back, and and the, and the sizes and the squares. It's all very very good. So if you're going road tripping, if you're recruiting down, hey, amen, Nebraska, go ahead. And again, one more time, December 10th, come out Saturday, eleven eleven twenty P Street from twelve to two p.m. Uh, 25% off store-wide, all the, the gear at Alumni Hall, but also you'll get a chance to meet some members of the pipeline and get some product. Dave, take us out of here. Yeah, look, boys, I mean, I appreciate all the, the press. You know, I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm having the time of my life. I think it's it, it's awesome that, you know, a lot of Husk guys has led this to something like this and being able to be a part of, you know, doing it, not just the positive energy, to actually trying to be a part of changing the entire culture of the program. Um, you know, I think for the sake of taking us out, the, the mission is clear. It's like, you got to win that off season national championship. And what, what does that mean? We're finishing four and eight today. So today is December 6th. Okay. Done last, last or second to last in the big 10. My promise, my guarantee, my mission. Here we go. In August, we'll be preseason favorites to win the West. It's guaranteed. That is, that is the guarantee is the hype train will be rolling so fast. There, you know, we'll have – Jim Leonard will be the defensive coordinator, whoever it's going to be. The recruits are going to be coming in. No matter who the recruits are, they're going to be the best recruits we've ever had, it's the best quarterback we've ever had, best wide receivers we've ever had. All of our problems will be behind us. Okay. August is going to come around. I guarantee you 
Big Ten. We will be preseason Big Ten favorites. Someone will have us as the Big Ten West favorites because Wisconsin will be a mess. It'll be there, but that'll be earned. That's going to be earned over the next nine months. And like at some point, somebody in August will be like, wait, didn't you guys finish four and eight? And you'll be like, shh, 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 shh. You just put that right over their mouth. No, 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 no. Not your concern, baby. Yeah, not your concern. And then we play, you know, we play with Minnesota in that first game. And like right as you hit Minnesota in that first game, I'm sure reality kicks in and Colorado and everything else. But that blissful moment of that first week where you're like, maybe we've turned the corner. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we've turned the corner. But that's, I mean, I truly think like I've said this before, I think on your show and many times on tweets, like I love my offseason self more than my in season self. I just struggle. Like, I mean, getting punched in the face every 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 Saturday. Now I don't have that. It's just like, oh, I just get to live my life, and I just get to like sell some jerky and like be optimistic, and nobody gets to like keep me in check. So, opti- you know, optimism is, is the name of the game. We're going to the off season. It's the best time of year. Cannot wait. Yeah, we're doing it, boys. Hey, we're, we're right where we need to be. We got it. We got a brand new strength and conditioning coach, which always provides for the oh. best off-season videos. The way ever. I think, and prepare, he's and he's a prepare monster. for some forty-year-olds to get ripped. Hey, okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what we're doing yet, but I imagine it's going to be some explosive lifts and some and some you know whatever. I'm I'm piggybacking on what you said. Right now, it's all roses. We we got the coach that looks like he understands what it takes to make Nebraska relevant again. I don't think there's anybody that we've talked to tonight, all three of us, that would say that we're that far away from making a difference in this conference. The Big Ten is the Big Ten is a very good conference. It's not beyond us, fellas. No. There's there's, there's no. no question. It's it's not beyond us. I mean, Penn State is is probably our our, our comp for the other side, and as long as those other sides exist, and they challenge for it. So, it, listen, we got the right. Let's let's go under the assumption that we got the right guy at the helm. And we're moving forward with with the proper plan. And my goodness, Dave, I can't imagine your world. You know, say eight months from now, when everything's. I mean, you know, it's, like we're it's like five and zero. Oh god, I uh, I haven't lived through it yet, so I don't know. Likewise, you know? <laughs> well, I have, but nice. not not in this. Not in I this mean, the only thing meeting. that came close to is Riley's like seven and zero start. And that was uh, like, we were the red cast wasn't around. Yeah, you were. I mean, I was so. dancing on graves that entire time, and everyone was like, This is fake. This is fake. And I was like, I know it's fake, guys. I'm very yeah, well aware. Oh, I shit. watched the games. Uh, <laughs> I watched the games. Yeah, I got it. Well, what, what isn't fake is uh, I think we've created something here, Matt, that we're gonna have some fun here over the course of the offseason. It's, it's gonna be fun. I, 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 you know, we have all these notes and everything, and this is the traditional redcast thing. Used none of them. No, I used almost them, baby. nothing. This was uh, totally off the cuff, and we only went for two hours. So, guys, uh, I'm honored but, you. I'm honored you had me on. Thank you. I appreciate. Well, we'll you have you back on Absolutely. again. Absolutely, we'll have you back and, on frequently. And uh, and next time we have you on, we want to hear how everything went uh, this weekend at Alumni Hall. Yeah, of course. On, on Saturday here, I'm going to put it one more time up there. Alumni Hall, December 10th, 12 to 2 p.m. 25% off store wide. Go there, get yourself some some uh, uh, pipeline jerky, uh, NIL. Be these, part of the solution, folks. Be that, part of the solution. That's what it is. It, it, and it's what we talked about, Trevor, earlier. He's a problem solver. Be yeah. part of the yeah. solution, not the problem. You can buy your gear anywhere and, and, and not promote the program, or you can go where we're telling you and actually get this thing moving. Yeah. Am I wrong? Yeah, That's get to right. get to Alumni Hall. Great place. Let's so, direct, let's direct our dollars, ladies and gentlemen. We all want the program to do better.
we've, love, we've suffered long enough. Love everything about it. Well, uh, I don't know how else to end it, but I mean, uh, just keep it sexy out there, Husker Nation. And, uh, you know, we're, we're going to be here uh, to keep pumping that positivity out there. Yeah, keep it sexy and remember that Matt's rule. Matt's Matt's rule. Heard at Sports Network Production.